What's up and welcome to the HorrorCast. This is episode number 55 and this is our very first Rotten Roundtable episode. Uh, the HorrorCast is back and in full effect and we are going to be weekly now. Our normal episodes are going to be the same with uh, Walshy, Horror Gal, everybody's going to be there and Revenant Vin, myself, Keith and Jerry. And we are going to still be reviewing one newer movie and one older movie uh, during that episode. And then the weeks that we are not doing a regular episode, we are going to be doing this. It's called the Rotten Roundtable episode. And all we're going to be doing tonight, we are going to talk about some horror news and just, you know, shoot the breeze about what we think about what's in the news. Uh, And then we are going to just go like we're sitting around the round table uh, talking about movies that we have seen, TV shows that we have seen. It could even be horror video games that we have played um, within the last two weeks. Um, and that way we get to give you guys out there lots of different um, recommendations or avoids. Uh, we used to do that on our episodes, and they just got way, way long. <laughs> and it's very difficult to uh, to have the stamina to... Uh, <laughs> to do that, you know, four hour episodes, five hour episodes. It's crazy. So I am Mark Nato and I will be uh, your main host tonight. And we're going to bring in Mr. Venom. What's up, Mr. Venom. What's up, Mark? How you doing? Greetings and salutations listeners. Uh, yeah. Uh, once again, as we discussed in our return episode, wonderful to be working with my horror cast brethren again. And for the first time, at least for the first time since I've been a part of the horror cast, having actual guests on with us, this is going to be exciting. Uh, One guy that I've worked with multiple times on one of my other shows and one guy that I've been looking forward to working with for a very long time. So, yeah, I'm very, uh, very happy to be working with Brandon and Scott. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to it, buddy. Yep. Uh, That is one of the the perks of this kind of format. We are going to be just having guests on because sometimes, you know, tonight Vin couldn't make it next time. Vin might make it and while she might make it and horror gal might, you never know. Some nights I might not be here, but the way it is, we're going to have guests. We're going to have enough people to do this, you know, every time. And that that's consistency. That's what we yes. want. Consistency. Uh, let's bring in old captain creepy. What's up captain. Hey, fellas, it's good to be here, and I just want to say hello, and thanks for the support to the THC family listeners out there, and I want to say hello to my guest uh, host tonight. All right, and as uh, Mr. Venom said, we do have two guests tonight. Uh, first of all, let's bring in Scott Crawford. Scott uh, does horror reviews for Pop Horror, and he also is um, one of the hosts of Podcast by the Cemetery. What's up, Scott? Oh, not much, guys. Thank you for having me on. Been looking forward to working with you guys for quite some time, actually. Yeah, it's it's uh you know we've been chatting back and forth on uh, Facebook groups for for years now. I mean, I guess yeah. the horror cast is about four four and a half five years old. So we've uh, we've been out there chatting, and there's just a lot of a lot of people I want to connect with. You know, we don't we don't only ever hear the voice, so it's nice to hear the voice and and uh, and connect that to to the uh the the facebook persona right yep but thank you so much for joining us scott and then we also have uh brandon young one of the hosts of the anatomy of fear what's up brandon 
What's up, Mark Nato and uh, Jerry? Of course, we've done quite a few shows together now, almost more than I've done on the Anatomy of Fear. And uh, <laughs> and uh, Captain Creepy and Scott, just uh, excited to work with you guys too, and uh, looking forward to talking some movies. Absolutely. All right. Well, now that we are got that out of the way, let's get right into a little something we call the news feed. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, this is one of the things that uh, I kind of miss with uh, the regular episodes of the horror cast is talking about what what in the world is going on in the world of horror. And I think that the number one headline over the last two weeks, a week or so, is definitely the passing of Sid Haig. Um, it, yeah. The Facebook blew up. I mean, literally every post for two days was about Sid Haig. And I think that what that says about him is that, uh, you know, was he the most talented actor that has ever been in horror? No, but i tell you what he was, is he was a guy who loved his fans and he's a guy who, who went out there and, and did those conventions and did those circuits and met tons and tons and tons of people. And, and he had a way I think of making, everybody feel good or feel special taking pictures, signing autographs. Um, and, uh, his, his career deck uh, is, was decades long. Um, I didn't even realize that he was in spider baby. Yeah. His first major oh, yeah. film. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I want to bring that up and see what you guys have to say about it. Who, who here has met Sid Haig? What are some thoughts on Sid Haig? What are some of his best movies? Uh, what, what, what do you think about that? Yeah. Um, I, yeah go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I got to meet him probably three or four times out here at uh, Motor City Nightmares, and each time he was just super appreciative of all his fans, was super friendly to me, and like I couldn't have asked to, for a better celebrity to meet in that aspect because he was just down to earth, funny as hell, and uh, I would say I I ended up making a post about it because yeah, this was probably the first celebrity that I met that actually passed away and. Yeah, this one definitely had a huge effect on me because just of how nice he was. And uh, probably some of my favorite films of his, like he actually talked me into buying uh, Galaxy of Terror when it was on his table. And he he's like, <laughs> if you buy this off of me, I'll sign it for you and everything and even give you a deal. I'm like, all right, fair enough. And brought it home that night and watched it. And I just loved it for its ridiculousness. And his role in it, while minor, was still pretty awesome. And like I do love a lot of his uh, old like uh, '70s films with uh, God, I can't think of her name right now, but uh, she played uh, plays Foxy Hawk. Brown. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Pam Greer. Yeah, Pam, Pam Greer. Thank you. Yeah, I love a lot of the films that they were in together as well. But those two just had great chemistry together back in the day. Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, TV stuff too, that he did too. I'm I'm looking here. Guy was on Buck Rogers, Star uh, Trek, Star Trek, uh, Dukes of Hazard, uh, T.J. Hooker. Come on, yeah, man! man it, you on. know you have you have made it when you're on an episode of T.J. Hooker, the A Team, Fantasy Island, the plane, the plane. I mean, <laughs> the guy in the '80s he did a lot of TV, um, and then didn't he do a lot of Filipino, like? Uh, like in the seventies, he did a lot of Filipino like uh, exploitation. 
animation films. I mean, the guy was was all over the place. He was he was the definition of a working actor. More importantly, I want to hear Mark Nato's spin on uh, the Rob Zombie movies because I know you're such a big fan of them. <laughs> uh, see, see, it, it, it uh, you know, I, look here. Here's one thing: I don't have any problem with anybody that works in a Rob Zombie movie. Right? Uh, they're not the problem. <laughs> you know, I'm, we're not really going to get into it. But you know, uh, I'm just not now. a, I'm just not a big fan of Rob Zombie's writing, and right. uh, you know, I like some of his visuals. I like some of his direction. Uh, but I just don't, I don't like do his writing. Think, how do you think Sid did in his movies? Oh, great. There you go. Sid, Sid Haig is probably one of the, the reasons why, you know, I can sit through some of them. And, and one of the reasons why I, my favorite Rob Zombie movie is house of a thousand corpses. <laughs> uh, I think he is really, really good in that. Um, so, but, uh, you know, I digress. Any, yeah, any other, anything else about Sid? Yeah. I, I mean, I met Sid, I think in 2015 and uh, one of my prized pieces of uh, horror, horror uh, memorabilia, which Mark Nato, I will will to you if anything ever happens to me. It is a signed copy of house of a thousand corpses signed by <laughs> Rob zombie. Uh, nice. But, but so I took that when I met Sid and he signed that and we talked for quite a bit and he was just such a kind, sweet man. And uh, it was so funny because the little guy that worked at the Alamo draft house, they were at for the convention Mm-hmm. He kept like n- not bringing Sid his stuff, and so to actually Sid turn on a little bit of that uh, Captain Spaulding and call the guy a jackass and stuff like that, and then kind of <laughs> laughing about it was super awesome. But yeah, I mean, he was just really kind. He was funny, and I I read a little while ago earlier today that um, Bill Mosley had posted something that that Sid was the number one like trending celebrity on IMDb, you know, since he died. So yeah. it's just cool that so many people. Uh, I mean, mainly the horror community have really stepped up to say, like, we appreciate what you did. Yep. Yep. We we appreciate you not being a, you know, celebrity jackass, <laughs> but <Right>. but <laughs> being a man of the people, realizing that, you know, you're, you wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for the fans and, you know, giving back, you know, just make, making yourself available. Uh, I was listening to a podcast and somebody uh, said they were at a horror convention and their daughter was with them and, and she was extremely nervous because she loves Sid Haig and, and all those Rob Zombie movies, but she was so nervous. She, she couldn't like go up to him, mm. you know? Um, and the guy said he told Sid that and, and Sid went across the room and came up to her about gave her a heart attack <laughs> and gave her a big hug and, you know, and just like, that's a memory that that girl will have you know, going forward for the rest of her life. So anything else about Sid before we move on? I mean, I can just pile on more praise, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I've met him twice, at, uh, both times at monster Palooza out here in California, once in 2013, once in 2016. And, you know, pretty much relaying the same stories everybody else has. What a great guy he is. What the fact that he was able to, take the time to speak to every single fan in line waiting for his autograph. Um, you know, and, and how energetic he was about a lot of his films. I mean, not just the stuff he did with Rob Zombie, but like, um, like Brandon said, if you bring up galaxy of terror, his face just lights up. If you bring up 
you know, Spider Baby or Coffee, something that's not a Rob Zombie film. Um, you know, he's just so impressed that people are a fan of him aside from Captain Spaulding. So, um, but yeah, just uh, once again, just piling on a you know, awesome guy, very friendly, um, <laughs> incredibly vulgar, which of course the horror fans, you know, we love that part of his personality, but, um, yeah, never, uh, never got anything signed from him because I'm not a big autograph hound. I, I just like kind of, I, I like meeting these guys, shaking their hands, taking a minute to just say, you know, how much I appreciate what they've done both for me personally and for the horror community. So yeah, just rest in peace, Mr. Haig. You will be very, very sorely missed. Agreed. All right. Well, let's move on to our uh, second piece of news. This is kind of breaking just a few hours ago. Uh, Eli Roth is set to produce a new slasher film for Orion Pictures. It's called 1031. I wonder, what that, I, I wonder what that's about. 1031. <laughs> and he the says way. it's one of the scariest premises I have read in years. Sure it has. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> How many, the way, how many fans a, of Eli Roth do we have here? Anybody? I mean, uh, the way the I, way that you feel about so. Rob Zombie is the way I feel about Eli Roth. Oh. I, I, I don't like his movies. I just uh, you don't like yeah. any of them. You don't like any uh, of them. I like yeah. bits and pieces of a few of them, but I feel like they've been overhyped. I feel like when he first showed up on the scene with Cabin Fever, that people were just praising him for i i I don't even know why because personally i don't think cabin fever is that great a film um i honestly i mean you name all eli's films and i I, i'll give you at least five reasons why they're overrated and i hate using that term overrated it's it's not a it's not a word that i you know enjoy using but i just i don't know it's like I, i continue to give him chance after chance after chance because the community loves him so much and I just don't see it. So, yeah, I don't know. Not, e- not even House with the Clock on the Walls? I thought that was an Academy Award winning movie, Jerry. I, I actually didn't see that one. <laughs> no. I would, I would, because it's more of a family-friendly one, I might right. be willing to sit through it. But I'm not ultra excited about it. <laughs> I, I liked Cabin Fever. And, I mean, I thought Hostel was pretty good. But I think everything since then has been pretty bad. I mean, you For know, me, I, I think the Green Inferno was awful. Like, and I know some people love that, but I thought that was a piece of crap. That's probably the one that I hate the least of his, but that, but it, it, it's not necessarily saying it's his best movie so much as it's me saying I absolutely love jungle cannibal horror films. It's always been so, even the bad ones I like. So, I can, I can give Green Inferno a pass. Um, it is bad. It does have its problems, some major problems. But yeah, I just like what with Hostel, I felt like it was overhyped. We, we were hearing so much about how great and how people were walking out of the screeners and blah, blah, blah. And, and I just I, I just felt so I felt like I was watching an edited version of the movie everybody was talking about. It's like there's this movie, there's this mysterious movie Hostel that like is going to change the landscape of horror. But then when I went to see it in the theater, I feel like I got the PG-13 version. So I, I just, you know, it's for, for my money, Eli is one of those guys that's just constantly overhyped. Every time he puts his name on something, you know, people salivate for some reason. And I just I don't understand why. And like I said, it's a personal thing. I'm not necessarily calling him a bad filmmaker. I just find him boring. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 
not the biggest fan of his films in general. Like I probably the best thing he's ever done is the Thanksgiving trailer. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I do like the man himself. Like he's got a uh, personality that I can vibe with. And he just reminds me of like an overexcited horror movie fan. Like one of us that's just made it big. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely appreciate that he's a fan, and I actually did enjoy his show uh, on Shutter, his interview show. I thought that was cool, but oh, yeah. uh, and as an actor, even I don't mind him. Every time I see him in front of the camera, I, I I don't mind him. He's not a terrible person. I will say I got a huge guilty pleasure of uh, out of watching his head get crushed in Piranha 3D, but that's something different. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't have a major problem with the man personally yeah. or his acting. It's just I feel like his directing, his films are a little overhyped and that's not necessarily his fault. You know, I'm not blaming the man so much as I'm just saying, I I, I'm just not seeing what the general community is seeing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, uh, I have to defend Eli Roth here a little bit. Um, I feel like, uh, I don't think that they're necessarily overrated. I think cabin fever was really good for its time. Don't ask me why he remade it like shot for (laughs) shot. Um, uh, that, don't make, that doesn't make any sense to me. I, I, I never even saw it. I was like, why would, why would I see it? Why yeah, would I'm, I give him money to see the same movie that I just watched 10 years ago, literally? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, thank you. So Cabin Fever, what I thought was really good. Uh, Hostel, you know, was was uh, credited really for, for ushering in that torture porn thing, you know, along with Saul. But um, I, I liked the Hostel movies. And I really... Uh, I don't know. Green Inferno had its good parts and its bad parts. I'm sorry, but masturbation and, and diarrhea in the cage yeah. uh, I could do it without the humor. Um, knock, knock, I thought was pretty good. Uh, that was Keanu Reeves just off the chain. Um, and But what I think he has been better at, and that's why this excites me a little bit here, uh, because it says that he is, he is producing it. Uh, that Ian Shore and Peter Gamble are the script guys. And I don't even know who those guys are, but there are some Eli produced stuff and written. Like he wrote, uh, aftershock, which I liked. I uh, forgot about that movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> he, he, um, he's acting in some movies and glorious bastards and so forth. But some of the stuff that he's produced, uh, 2001 maniacs, uh, with Robert England, this is a decent movie. The last exorcist, or, I'm sorry, The Last Exorcism uh, was okay. Uh, the Sacrament was a great movie that he produced. Um, yeah, but that's more on Ty West, man. Ty yeah. West directing in that movie is what made it. But but you have to have somebody behind it who recognizes this is, this is a pretty decent talent. This is a good script or whatever. Sure, sure. Uh, Clown from 2014, oh, one yeah. of my favorite movies of that year that is a mean ass clown mm-hmm. movie and i love it yeah uh, that movie was really good i forgot about that one yeah that's uh, again clown i mean i guess it's just because i've actually worked in the film industry and i understand the role of producers and ultimately the role of producers is not creative it's financial so it, it, eli roth putting his name on something is basically him putting his money where his mouth is saying that this is good but he necessarily didn't have anything to do with the production oh, as far as 
right? Yeah, I know. Speaking and everything else. So it's really hard for me to give producers credit, especially, like I said, after being in the industry and seeing what producers actually do on the set. It's not creative. So I tend not to give them any credit when a movie is good or, you know, yeah. exceptional. I still I don't, give, I don't give them credit. Watch. I don't give them credit any, any other than, uh, you know, and, here, and here's, here's just me. If I see something and I want to put money behind it, I have to have an eye uh, sure, to sure. say this is this is good or this this might make money or this. I'm not just like you know you don't see you know Eli Roth producing you know Clown Nato or something <laughs> like that. You know you're going to see him like I said with these other movies. And then I mean he just was a producer on Haunt, which is a movie we'll be talking about later on in the roundtable. Oh, yeah. But you know. So when I look at that, like I'm more excited that Eli Roth has kind of like put his money behind some other people and sure. said, okay, because maybe he's realized I'm better at like spotting talent and then giving them money to do what they want to do. And I've run out of ideas anyway. So I'm just going to be that guy now. Um, and that's what I give him credit for is, I mean, I think he is, I think he, he, because of how much he loves the genre and he's very, you know, people know who he is. Like, yeah, I don't think he's made tons of great movies, but he's been behind a lot of great movies. So yeah. I think that's why guys like him are important because he's well known. You know, he's been outside of the genre like Inglorious Bastards. And so, again, like like a lot of bad movies, but also yeah. at the same time, like he's brought a lot of people and money into the genre. Yeah. Co-producer on Baywatch. Hey, the movie, not the TV show. Um, oh, that's much hey, better. That's, that's a pretty about. good movie, man. And I it know means, how much you love The Rock. Yes. Well, not The Rock, but he got to meet uh, Alexandra Daddario. And uh, that is... Lucky, uh, lucky bastard. That's right. She's the best. Uh, let's, let's go back in here. Uh, 1031 is, is the movie. I already like it because it's set on Halloween. Uh, we need more of those movies. Uh, I'm just going to say that to the horror community. We need more movies set on Halloween. Um, the script is about a young woman who takes her niece and nephew trick-or-treating and discovers a note inside a candy wrapper that says there's a killer loose in her neighborhood. So, you know, it, it's got it's got potential. That sounds like something that I could get behind. So I just wanted to bring it up. Do what? And it's a slasher, so that's also a bonus. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not. Uh, it, it, there's that's all. It just came out today. There's no like timetable. It's definitely not coming out this year. I'm thinking maybe next next uh, Halloween or so uh, we might see that. That would be good. All right. Next thing. Next thing that is uh, um, newsworthy is Jordan Peele and his Candyman remake or reimagining or whatever you want to call it nowadays. Uh, wrapped filming so i'm not sure when that is supposed to come out i'm sure sometime in 2020 and did you guys hear the rumor about who Candyman is yeah i don't buy it you don't think so i don't, don't know so? it's it, see I, I feel like I, I almost feel like maybe he's just gonna show up in a uh like a flashback or something i i, I just yeah. I, how how would he be able to keep that a secret for this long that I don't know. No one knows whether Tony Todd is Candyman or not. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I, in well, this in this day and age of social media and set photos coming out, I mean, you know, the day that they're taken, it just seems like that would be a huge secret that he would 
be able to keep from us. So I don't know. I I'm just saying I'm not excited about it because I don't think it's uh, true. If it's true, awesome. I'll be the first one in line to buy a ticket. I probably will be anyway. But I don't know. It just seems uh, hard for me to believe. Yeah, because I was gonna say. Uh, I mean, it is possible because Adam Green did keep uh, Victor Crowley quiet the whole entire time until it got shown in that theater. So there is that possibility, but I mean, yeah. granted, Victor Crowley's not no Candyman in like legendary status. <laughs> yeah. but Jordan, still. Jordan Peele is like hot right now. Yeah, like like he just got a um, a two film a two film deal with Universal. Uh, no, a five year deal and two films for Universal. Uh, you know, horror movies. So, I mean, that guy, you know. It is is hot, so I don't I don't know if he could keep it under wraps. That that, but he, Tony Todd is definitely was definitely involved, sure, so, yeah. somehow. But if it ends up that he is playing Candyman, I'll crap my pants because that right. is to me that's his role. Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like Absolutely. I'm not even a big Tony Todd fan in any other movie, but Candyman, that dude was terrifying. Oh yeah. Yes, you know, he was. Yeah. So I would think, man, a, a little bit older of a Candyman, it would even be worse, you know, because he's, his, his features are a little bit more sunken. And you know, I don't know. I think it could be pretty scary. I, mean, I, I hope so. That would be great. But I mean, I mean, you're talking about a 64 year old Candyman. I hope there's no major action sequences in it. You know, <laughs> Candyman was never. You know, sure, sure, running sure. around slash, you know, he was more like staring and standing with bees all in his mouth, which, by the way, if they do like CGI bees, I'm out. OK, you know, they're going to, though. Well, and we did. Come just on, get man. A, we did just get a 72 year old Michael Myers. So, yeah, um, we did. True. We did. So yeah. I'm very curious because just for the fact that, you know, Jordan Peele wrote the script for this and. He's like you said, he's hot right now, and he his movies are really, really freaking good. So I'm very excited to see what they do with this. And I also heard rumors that it's at Cabrini Green, but where it's more gentrified now. So I'm kind of curious to see how that setting is going to play into it. Oh, nice. Candyman can get a pumpkin spice latte. Awesome. Exactly. <laughs> mm. It is October. <laughs> mm. I'll take a pumpkin spice latte. Be my he would slave. Probably, yeah, he'd probably get soy milk. He's probably lactose intolerant. Probably. Probably. Yeah. With all those bees, I mean, you gotta be. Um, <laughs> all right. Next, next. Uh, we got a couple more things here to chat about before we get into the, the roundtable um, movie discussion. Jerry, I know you're big on this. Uh, yesterday, um, well, it's back in July, I think it was announced, but the Criteria Collection uh, is releasing a box set uh yep. godzilla is it the show showa it's the showa era yeah era. so it's the first uh, uh how many thir- 50 yeah it's the first 13 15. film yeah there's 15 total films in it but two of them are international versions so you, uh, two of the movies you get twice you got you got godzilla godzilla you know godzilla godzilla raids again king kong versus godzilla mothra versus godzilla uh, I can't even go to, you know, destroy all monsters, all monsters attack. I mean, there's pretty much all of them that you want uh, are Most in Most of here. them, yeah. I mean, being the hardcore Godzilla fan that I am, I am also a huge fan of the Heisei era, which is 1984 to 1998. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But uh, but the show, uh, I mean, that's where it all started. And, you know, I, I already own the Criterion uh, Godzilla, the original Godzilla film. Uh, they did a Criterion collection a couple of years ago, and it's absolutely stellar. So if yeah, all the films... It, it's amazing. Exactly. Yep. So if all the films got the Criterion treatment, then it's probably well worth the money. Unfortunately, I already own 11 of those movies on Blu-ray. So I, I didn't I myself didn't rush out to pick it up. But my co-host on Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Herring, did go ahead and pre-order it. And <laughs> I believe I believe it comes out in a couple of weeks. So uh, October 29th. October yeah, so, 29th. So, so uh, I'm sure Jerry will do a special edition on Kill the Cast once that comes out because he did it for Godzilla King of the Monsters when that was released in theaters. So, but you, but you don't think that the Criterion is going to have more, um, you know, content on it? Other well, that's what, that's what we because uh, we actually we did a special edition of Kill the Cast when this was announced, and it seems that most of the um, uh, the special features that are on there are special features that have already existed. Uh, on top of the fact that there are missing some specials, like some commentary tracks from like international versions and other versions that are not on this collection that have already upset some Godzilla fans. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure how much quote unquote new content is going to be on here, but, you know, the, the list of what we got wasn't as impressive as we were hoping. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. I mean, I like Godzilla. I like those movies. You know, but I'm not like one of those guys that's like hardcore, um, giant monster. I, I'm not. We're not going to get into it. I was. I was highly disappointed in King of the Monsters, the new uh, one. I was highly too. disappointed. So uh, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I know. Well, I know. That's a discussion for another another yeah, podcast. Yes, it is. But uh, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. Just a couple. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> <laughs> couple more uh items here before we get on here um halloween kills which everyone knows here this is the uh, sequel to halloween 2018 um is that like halloween said, jumps the shark I, I, <laughs> you know i hope not i'm not sure where they're going with this uh nurse marion is back um yeah, it's been the confirmed yeah yeah the original nurse marion who was also an h2o right I think so. Yeah, she was at the beginning of H2O. Nancy oh, Stevens. Okay, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm not sure where where this is going to go, man. Um, I'm I'm I don't know. Part of me is like Halloween is is the greatest thing ever. I I like all the mo all the movies, even even the, even the bad ones. I like <laughs> all the movies because I like Michael Myers. I just love Halloween. Um, but I just don't want to see it like run into the ground. And if they had come out and said that, yes, we're doing a, a sequel Halloween kills. Um, I might say, okay, okay. But to know that they're doing two already Halloween kills and then ha Halloween ends or whatever, it kind of like makes me a little like, uh, you know, yeah, they might as well just called Halloween ends Halloween, the final chapter. Cause we know that's not going to be the end of it. <laughs> no, no, it's not. As long as they're making money, yeah, they'll keep making them. But I, I'm kind of like, where can they go with this where it doesn't become what it had already become? What the reason why they rebooted it? You know, oh, the cult of thorn. Yes, yeah. bring back the cult of thorn. You know, they're gonna do something like uh, that because yeah, I mean, and, and there's only so many places you can take it. I thought they were gonna do that in the original with Turkish Loomis, and <laughs> thank. You. 
Hopefully they didn't. Oh, but I, I, as soon as he turned in that movie, I thought they were going for the Cult of Thorn, and I was literally going to walk out of the theater. <laughs> I would have too. Nope. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not sure how I feel about this, because this is starting to feel like a convoluted mess, just like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is now. It's skipping uh, all the sequels, then making sequels to the other movie, and it just, uh, it's starting to get to become a mess. I'm not sure how I feel about this at all. Yeah. Yeah. All, all I can do is cross my fingers and hope that they don't, like, you know, ruin Halloween for me. Like, I, you know, I just, there's only so much I can take. <laughs> but, I, I mean, 2018's ho- Halloween, I, I liked. Yep. yep. It, did, it, it To me, it didn't, um, it didn't surpass my expectations, but it was, it's a good movie. Uh, so let's just hope they can stay with it. Uh, I got uh, two more things, and then we'll head into the reviews. Uh, I thought this was neat to um, to bring up. Osgood Perkins. Yes. Writing and directing an exorcism horror film mm-hmm. for Lionsgate called Incident at Fort Bragg. Ooh. Uh, yeah, and it's based on a, uh, you know, a supposed true story where a, uh, um, a soldier at Fort Bragg was you know, uh, possessed and an Irish Catholic priest was brought in by the U S government to perform a sanctioned exorcism on the soldier at the army base. So all I need to know is exorcism movie and Osgood Perkins. Yep. Yep. That's, that's all I need to know. My yeah. favorite subgenre and uh, one of the best up and coming horror directors out there. Yeah. Yeah, okay. the Black Coat's Daughter is my favorite movie of the last decade. Uh, so wow! Nice. Any anything he does, I'm in. And being that I'm one of those crazy Catholics that believes in that weird stuff, I'm all about this. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm I believe in it too, and I, and and that's why I like those movies so much because you know there, there's there's a lot of bad exorcism movies. Okay, let me tell you, there's a Ooh. lot of them, but when they get it right, it's it's really you know, it's really good. Um, That's so, a subgenre that the, it seems like the frequency of them getting right is the lowest of yeah. all subgenres of of horror film. It, the exorcism film goes wrong nine times out of ten. It's so well, that's sad. because they think that's because they think all it takes is like throw some makeup on somebody and set them in a bed and, and yeah. like, <laughs> you know, and there, there's got to be more to it than that, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, so very, very interested in that. I can't wait for Gretel and Hansel, uh, which is coming out. Um, yeah. And I yeah. did say that right, not Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, so it's Gretel it's, and Hansel. Yep. So that will wrap up the news feed. I think we talked about some cool stuff there. We're going to take a 30-second break, and when we get back, we're going to start our Rotten Roundtable review. Hey, love horror movies? Yeah, so do Handpicked by experts, psychos, demons, ghosts, the occult, zombies, killer kids, black magic, vampires, shutter kills, Netflix on selection, screams on demand, shutter.com. Okay, we are back to our Rotten Roundtable, and what we're going to do, I'm going to start it off, and these are movies that we are uh, have watched the last week and a half to two weeks. Um, before um, we get started, people are going to jump in. I'm going to let you know that. You can jump in if we uh, have the same movies on our list so we're not repeating. And hopefully we'll get uh, – we're not going to do any spoilers. 
Okay, guys, sorry. No spoilers on the okay. new stuff. And, um, you know, we're going to have some brand new 2019 stuff. We're going to have some uh, first-time watches for some older stuff. So a lot of a lot of cool stuff to uh, to talk mm-hmm. about. And the first first thing I want to do is give you my Mark Nato's pile of crap. And that means the, here's here's a few movies that I've watched that they just don't need to be talked about, in my opinion. Um, I'm always up for the um, the saying, "Watch everything yourself." Okay, there might be a movie that uh, uh, I love that you hate, and you hate it. Did I say that? Yeah, I'm gonna say it right. I don't know what I said, but you know, you know, you know the thing. Um, everyone has their own taste, so I might say a, a movie here doesn't mean you shouldn't check it out. But I'm saying if you kind of think that you have similar taste to mine, uh, yeah, you might want to avoid it, especially if it costs money. <laughs> uh, pile of crap number one is uh, Dry Blood. Oh, oh, dry blood. Now let me tell you. Let me tell you. I'm with you. Let me tell you. There were some, some cool like creepiness factors in there. I could not get past the absolute horrible filmmaking. I mean, the the acting was bad. the The script was bad. The cinematography was boring and un uncreative. (laughs) No. It just wasn't my uh, my bag of tricks. I, I'm, I'm not going to say that the movie was great. I will say that the first two acts of the film have some major problems with everything that Mark Nato is talking about between cinematography, score, performances. I thought the performances by the second-rate players, the second-bit players, maybe weren't as great. I thought the star, especially in the third act, I thought he did a great job. And And for me, the third act saves the film. It's um I, I would probably call the movie average overall, but yeah. that's because of two bad acts uh, and then a third act that's absolutely insane with one of the most uh, I don't know daring kills I've seen in film in a very long time. And of course, I'm talking about the child. So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the third act I thought saved it for me. So um, yeah. yeah. It's at the bottom of my, it's pretty close to the bottom of my list, but that third act is so bonkers uh, that I, 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 it was a struggle for me to get through that movie. But then all of a sudden it goes crazy. And I was like, okay, this, this is better than clown NATO. So I'm, I'm, I'm in so far, but it was, it was hard to get through. Uh, It definitely, you know, it, it, like I said, it had a very low score going into the third act, but if I averaged out the three acts, it got a very average score for me. So I'll take it. All right. I don't think it's anything I'll rewatch because of the, because of the poor first two acts, but I still think, um, most fans should check this out if they can get through the first hour. How how about just starting it with a half an hour left to go. That's not a terrible, I mean, you're going to miss a Seriously, because you're, you're not crazy. getting anything in that, that previous 40 minutes. That's making you like, like these characters or really root for anybody. No, 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 not at all. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. right. I mean, the guy's, you know, in crazy, yeah. insane. I'm yeah. trying to edit myself here. <laughs> I'm just saying if you're, if you're, if you're going to have to pay three ninety nine for it or something on iTunes, oh, no, no, no. I'm just but saying. it is free on Amazon Prime now for whatever uh, okay. it's worth. Okay, if if it's free and you got nothing else to do and nothing else to watch, <laughs> watch the last three minutes. There yeah. you go. Yeah, there's always, always it deserves to, to be in the pile of crap. All right, yep. second pile of crap movie is uh, Isabel. Mm-hmm. 
which is kind of like a, you know, has a uh, stillborn baby and lives next to a, a weird lady. Uh, I don't know. It just kind of was long and kind of boring. And there were some, some creepy parts in it, but it's just not worth your time. Anybody else seen it? Yes. Nope. Awesome. Nope. Yeah. What do you think, Jerry? Eh? Yeah. Bored. Yeah. Pile of crap. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, this one, some people have on Facebook have, have yelled at me. Gags the Clown. Hmm. Um, it's a found footage movie about basically they're in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and news teams are trying to go around uh, the city because there's reports of Gags the Clown, uh, <laughs> you know, just appearing and creeping people out. And then there's also like fake people who are copycatting and stuff. Um, movie is extremely boring. <laughs> like the end of it, the fo- the last 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah. It was all right. Um, but other than that, no, I mean, gags the clown stands and looks at you. <laughs> okay. That's what he does. What he does. Uh, so there is nothing that happens in, in an hour and 10 minutes and then 10 minutes, uh, left some stuff happens. So it's <laughs> your kind of movie. Go for it. It's in my pile of crap. Um, two more movies in my pile of crap. And I really hate to say this cause I wanted this to be so good. And that's the fanatic. Oh, ah. yeah. Starring John Travolta <laughs> and directed by Fred Durst. And you got that right. Fred Durst, uh, uh of limp biscuit fame. And so this wasn't a so bad. It's good. No. I'm, so you really weren't loving that shit right there? That's right. That's right. Okay. I like the hot dog flavored water, baby. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we'll keep it the rolling, rolling. No. Yeah, let's keep it rolling. But um, Yeah, that movie made me want to break stuff. I hated it. Okay, for, I'm not one of those people who was like, okay, well, John Travolta, it was a disservice to autistic people. I, you know, I don't know. There's all kinds of autistic people and, and stuff in the world. And, and some people, but... I just didn't find it believable. I nope. found it like, like definitely this dude's acting. You know, when, when you look at something like, um, oh my gosh, what's a, what's a good autistic performance? Sean Penn. Mm-hmm. And, um, I am Sam. Yeah, Rain Man. Yeah, I am Sam or, am or Sam Rain Man or something or... like that. This, this was just like very whiny and, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And, and it, and it really, uh, you know, throws that uh, uh, shade on horror fans. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just didn't. I, and it didn't pay off. It wasn't really that good of a payoff. So I would say pile of crap. <laughs> uh, and the last movie in my pile of crap before I get to one good one. Uh, and this pains me. This Uh-oh. pains me. This is this is my worst movie of the year. Oh, oh. And uh, it's uh, the dead don't die. Oh, oh, wow. no, no, it's not the worst. That movie <laughs> was a pile of crap. No, it it oh. it, it it was it was no. very convoluted, no. hard to I, follow. But no. it was Jim Jarmusch. It's Jim. I don't, Jarmusch I don't care if over. it was Steven Spielberg. <laughs> you make a crap movie, you make a crap movie, and this well, is a crap movie. Was, 
Okay, but what was crap about it aside from the story? I mean, talk about the filmmaking, oh talk about the Aside from the story, okay, first of all, your movie can look great. If you don't have a story, that is a movie. Well, there is a story there. It's just not a very good one. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. acting is bad. They waste Bill Murray. The jokes oh, aren't I funny. I completely disagree. Adam, I think Adam, Adam Driver's scenes, not funny. The scenes with Adam Driver and Bill Murray just talking are absolutely brilliant. They are spectacular. No, here, I'll give you a scene right here. Uh, where are we supposed to go? Oh, we're supposed to go here. Didn't you read that in the script? Uh, yeah, I read the That's script. The movie takes a bad left turn. It's not admit. funny. It's well, not it's funny. It's funny in a different kind of way. It's not like belly laugh out loud funny. It's very. Uh, I it, I know dry. I know dry sense of humor and and that kind of. That's not it. It just wasn't uh, fun. Yeah, because I, I I'm with Jerry on this one. I kind of enjoyed that, uh, especially Adam Driver and Bill Murray. Like uh, the only part I just couldn't stand was the reference to the script. And the whole uh, reusing the theme song over and over and over again. <laughs> Everything else I thought was pretty entertaining. It, like, I went in expecting this movie to just be just dry humor and deadpan. And just, I didn't expect it to blow me away. And I came out of it actually just kind of like a smile on my face going, well, that was pretty fun, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm with you guys, man. I I enjoyed it, but I also I like Jarmouche. Mark, do you do you like his other stuff, like at Coffee and Cigarettes or any of his other ones? Eh. Only Lovers Left Alive. Yeah, I mean that that's a good movie, but I just I I don't know, man. I was expecting something and I didn't get it. I got well, I see. I don't do expectations for the most part. I try not to anyway, and especially with something like Jarmouche. I mean. Jarmusch almost has a contempt for his own viewers, and I love that about him. He, you know, a lot of his movies are basically, you know, a big middle finger to the viewer, and that's what Dead Don't Die was, especially once we find out um, uh, Tilda Swinton's character and her actual backstory. That's, that's a giant so middle finger to the viewers, and I love that about him. <laughs> okay, here, I gotta pour myself a cold one on that. <laughs> Yeah, you're basically uh, my roommate, Mark Nato, because my roommate just could not stand it. After we left the theater, he was just like, well, that was just dumb as shit and a waste of my time. And I'm mm-hmm. and I couldn't have disagreed yeah. more. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's a different kind of comedy. That's all it is. Not all forms of comedy work for all people, just like not all forms of horror work for all people. It's just a different kind that it's an acquired taste because I'll be the first one to admit I hated Jim Jarmusch the first time I saw one of his films. I, I think it was coffee and cigarettes. I think on first watch, I couldn't stand it. But it's definitely an acquired taste. You have to understand what his motivations are and what he, the message that he's trying to put across. And once you understand that he's a filmmaker that hates the filmmaking process, I think you get a little bit more appreciation for his films. And and I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a Jim Jarmusch fan. I'm not. And I'm I'm right there. I'm kind of right there with Mark Nato as as a whole. I did not enjoy the Dead Don't Die. But all the non-horror elements of it, I thought were great. And I'm sorry, but yeah, I I strongly disagree. I think Bill Murray and Adam Driver both 
were deadpan geniuses in that film. And I, I just, I love every scene with those two specifically in them. Mm. Nope. <laughs> nope. Big fat. Nope. And, and, I, and I'm the kind of person, I, mean, I like all kinds of comedy. I sure. like all kinds of comedy. It doesn't have to be that side splitting bust, you know, belly busting, mm. you know, jokes here. And that. I'm all about deadpan. I'm all about dry. It, it just wasn't good. I mean, for me, it just wasn't good. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and if I had actually gone to the theater and paid 12 or 13 bucks for this, I probably would have, uh, you know, jumped off a building or something. Yeah, cause I was <laughs> seen it in theaters and I, I was quite happy like with paying the money for it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, I, have, like, I have a list. I haven't paid for a movie in years. Yeah. But, and I'm, yeah. This, I'm, this is what I say. This is what I say. You see everything for yourself, right? I mean, because yep. this could not be more polarizing for me. <laughs> no, and I, by no means, am a great apologist for this movie. It is yeah. number 37 on my list for the year, but I still like, I had fun with it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Very good. It's lower on my list, but I still, I still had a lot of moments of levity that I enjoyed. So I'm good. Yeah. And it definitely right. won't be in my top 10, that's for sure. Oh, God, All no. Right. I can't imagine it's in anybody's top 10. <laughs> All right. I'm going to bring <clears throat> I'm gonna bring one movie up that I liked. Uh, give it just a little bit of a, uh, a plug, and then I'm going to move on to uh, Brandon. So the movie that I saw uh, just today uh, has been uh, in my queue for probably six to seven months. And I thought that um, it's, it looked like something I would like, but I just, you know, you know how it is. You just keep pushing something, you know, every week something new comes out and you just keep pushing it and pushing Mm -hmm. and pushing it. Mm -hmm. And I finally watched it today and it is a, uh, uh, it's basically a 2018 movie that got a really, really, really uh, limited release in like November of 2018. I think it it came to like five theaters. I'm not sure. Uh, probably the theater that Jerry goes to. I guarantee it was there. And, and, but it's available on iTunes and everything now. And it's actually in Redbox. Um, and it's called the appearance. Has anybody else seen it? Nope. Haven't, haven't seen that one. No, sir. Okay. You just, you mentioning it earlier on Facebook. I added it right to my list. Yes. I don't remember even putting it in the red box. <laughs> no, no, neither did I. And I saw it coming out. But um, the appearance is uh, directed by Kurt Knight. Uh, he's had one other um, uh, directorial movie, and uh, it it stinks. Like, on IMDb, it's like a 2.1 out of 10. <laughs> so you can't go by that. You just got to watch this and what the story is. It's a guy who was an officer of the Inquisition. This is a uh, a period piece. Mm-hmm. And he is sent to a monastery to investigate a murder of a monk by a girl that they believe is witch is a witch. Uh, and they've got her, you know, shackled up and everything. And he's kind of like a man of science. He doesn't really believe that stuff. And he's there to kind of like figure out what happened. And it becomes very apparent you know, that, that something's going on. Um, this is, a this is, I, it, I can't find anywhere how much this movie cost. This movie is extremely low budget. I can't imagine, um, making a period piece on the budget that they must've had, but they did such a good job 
with the costuming and and uh, and the sets and all of that. Thought it was great. The cinematography is great. The the score is good. Um, there were some really genuinely creepy moments. Uh, they don't. Uh, the director doesn't like rely on a bunch of jump scares. You know, there's some like really, um, you know, creepy imagery. I'm not going to overhype this. And, and I, and I say this only in a mild comparison, but like the witch, you know, how that movie is not, you know, just a bunch of jump scares. It just kind of feels like there's a sense of dread and, and there's, you know, there's some scary parts here and there, but they're not like boo. Right. You know, that's that's very similar to this. And and again, don't get me wrong, this is not the witch. This is not half the movie that the witch is. But this is definitely worth your time. And uh I, I just don't understand why it's not getting any love at all. Like I like hardly anybody that I know has even heard of it. Um Tim Walker from Letterboxd, who watches like seven hundred movies a year. Uh, he, he, he watched it, but other than that, I can't find anybody who's even heard of it. So, um, yeah, the appearance, I say, please, uh, give it a, a watch. And, and again, it's a slow burn. It's character driven, you know, and, and then some things happen. But if you, if you like those sorts of movies, especially, you know, period pieces, um, give it, a, give it a go, please. And Hodor from game of Thrones is in it. He is. He is. Oh, really? Gotta yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's crazy. All he does is say, oh, do. <laughs> nice. He does it. And they do show his giant penis as well. Yikes. But, oh, no, I'm just kidding. You see them out that episode of Game of Thrones? <laughs> I did. Where he comes out and the oh, thing yeah. is swinging by that. That was a prosthetic penis, by the way. God, I hope so. <laughs> it was. It was. Anyway. <laughs> Enough about penises. Hey, Brandon Young, let's come in with a movie, man. What have you been watching? All right. I, you know, I was going to go uh, easy with one I think most people know about, and I was going to talk about Tigers Are Not Afraid, but I think someone else might mention that. Uh, so I'm going to go with one I knew nothing about, and that is a movie called Freaks. Has anyone heard of Freaks? Yeah, I've I saw heard the poster. Of it. I haven't watched it yet. Yes. So... <laughs> I knew nothing about this movie going in. I just, you know, saw it listed. So, hey, let's check it out. And it stars Emile Hirsch, who I've always liked ever since The Girl Next Door. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love that movie. I think it's a great movie. Uh, and Bruce Dern. So that was enough for me to go check this movie out. And this is, I mean, it's kind of fringe on the horror. It's not It's not a hardcore horror film. More science fiction, thriller. Uh, but, man, it's really good. And I, I mean, it's just engaging story and it's almost it feels like it could be in the brightburn universe like it is kind of like superheroes being oppressed because their abilities are too powerful and there's some great gore in it and good performances and it does a really good job with uh you know parental anxiety which i think is a pretty good theme that we see with movies um you know just what it means to be a parent and how do you protect your kids and it's a man it's really good i really recommend it it only lasted in theater i you know theaters a couple weeks so please uh, seek out freaks. I definitely think it's worth it. Yeah, man, uh, that supposedly supposedly came out September thirteenth. It wasn't anywhere around here. I would have gone to see it. Uh, it. It was it was pissing me off that I couldn't find that and I couldn't find the Nightingale. Uh, like yeah, they were I, they were in the theaters for like a, a week and then they were gone. I was like, oh my gosh. 
Yeah, I'm still trying to find the Nightingale anywhere, and I can't. It, I can't find not, any states for VOD or anything. Nope, it's not. It's it was out for like a week or so, and it's gone. And who knows when it's going to come out on VOD? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Freaks is definitely on my radar. Yeah, if it's, you had me at like Brightburn, I loved that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Does, it, does, it, does it does it kind of make you uh, like think about like what the New Mutants might be like? I don't even want to th- uh, guess what New Mutant. I because I don't think we're ever going to see New Mutants. I just don't oh. think it's ever going to come out. Uh, no, I I want it to, but it just keeps getting tossed and tossed and tossed. And I, I mean, it would be terrible if they didn't release it, but I, you know, I I don't know. Again, I think this movie, it has like good tension of what it means to be a parent. And then kind of at the end, like you see like how powerful they are, but a lot of it's about kind of like government oppression and trying to control these people. And so it's, it's a lot of things going on in this story. Good, man. That gets me excited about that. Does. All right, uh, Mr. Venom. All right, well, um, there's two movies specifically that I want to talk about, um, both of which are foreign horror. Um, I'll just discuss one now on this go-round, but um, yeah, uh, Brandon actually mentioned it. We covered it on the last episode of No More Room in Hell Presents Fresh Cuts, and that is, of course, the Mexican uh, horror thriller action drama uh, t- <laughs> t- it, it covers a lot of genres, man. There's even it a does. little comedy. Yeah, in there. It does. Uh, but yeah, Tigers Are Not Afraid. Um, I actually got to see this movie last year in theaters out here in California because I'm, I, I guess because I'm so close to the Mexican border, I was actually able to catch a screener in San Diego last year. And then earlier this year, 2019 it actually got a uk blu-ray release but um the initial runs of those releases were a mistake in the sense that they made the disc region free instead of a region two disc so uh basically once Dun- uh, duncan from the podcast under the stairs put out the announcement that hey you can get um this movie on blu-ray early uh, we I jumped on it and had it, and then it actually got another theatrical release here in August of this year, and I went to see it in theaters again anyway because I love the film so much. But yeah, Tigers Are Not Afraid, Spanish language film, kind of uh, set around the Mexican, uh, a, a small Mexican town that is being deserted by its inhabitants because of the the cartel and the the gang activity throughout. And it's basically just a sweet little story about a girl trying to live in this world and, and survive after her mother is taken away from her. And, you know, the the, the story kind of develops from there. Uh, like I said, I don't want to talk too much about it because it's the latest episode of Fresh Cuts. And uh, obviously, mm-hmm. I want people to check that out. And Mr. Brandon Young actually joined us on that episode. And he had also many, many great things to say about the film. But, yeah, basically... The film is very Guillermo del Toro-esque in the sense that it's uh, very much a fantasy action horror film, a lot like a Pan's Labyrinth or a Crimson Peak, something like that. But um, like I said, I don't want to get that far into it. I'm sure Brandon's going to have a few more things to say about it, but um, I'm just going to end off with it is currently my number two horror film of the year. I absolutely love this film. I've watched it four or five times now, and it just gets better and better with every watch. So uh, I'm going to turn it over to Brandon, who, uh, like I said, guest starred on that episode of Fresh Cuts with it with us, and uh, have him say a couple of words. 
I don't have a lot more to add to that. I mean, and I, I hate talking at movies tons because I hate to set people saying, you know, maybe they're mm-hmm. what they think too much ahead. Um, but man, this movie, it's, it, it's a 10 out of 10. It's such a good movie. Uh, and it took me all over the map emotionally from being creeped out to being in tears, to being happy. Like it is, it's just so masterfully made and the, it just the the screenwriting for this is phenomenal because it's so intentional the way that they take you through this emotional journey and it's it's just an amazing film. It's really it's one of a kind. Yeah, yeah for fans of last yeah. year's Cargo um, or movies like that that I, I kind of call emotional horror uh, where they really go for the heartstrings things like that. Uh, you're going to be a big fan of this one. Uh, it is a Spanish language film, so you're going to have to deal with subtitles. There are there is no English dub of this available quite yet. I'm sure there will be once there's uh, uh, an American Blu-ray release for it, but. It's available on Shutter right now. It just dropped a couple of weeks ago, and I can't recommend it enough. Yep. Please, uh, please watch yeah, this. This is, this is also on my list as well. Uh, one of the ones I watched. Um, I'm probably going to be uh, the only one here, but I, I thought it was good, like well acted, well directed, and uh, definitely unique. But this one just did not hold my attention for me. Like oh that's valid. This was there oh. not enough horror for you? Uh, no, the horror was there. It was just I something about it. I just I really can't even put my finger on. I've been thinking about it for like the last week or so since I've watched it, and I just don't know exactly. Maybe it's just the story itself just didn't uh, grab my attention nearly as much. Like mm-hmm. I mean, granted, I was blown away by those kid actors. They yeah. definitely were amazing and. Like, yeah, the whole uh, concept is kind of cool. But, yeah, I, there's something about it. I just it would not keep my attention. It, I had a hard time, like, not wanting to pick up my phone for some reason. Yeah, yeah. it's it's definitely an acquired taste. I'll absolutely throw that out there. It's definitely I mentioned it on Fresh Cuts. It is not a movie for the general horror community. You know, there's not a lot of blood. There's not a lot of uh, antagonists as far as monsters or supernatural creatures. It's basically a ghost story wrapped around a Mexican gang tale, if you will. Um, and and it, more, more the. The most horror in it is is the fact that these kids are living like this, you know. Actually, yeah. To me, and and I'm I'm gonna you know Jerry said it first and Brandon second, and I'm gonna third it is is this is right up there in my top three so far of the year, and uh, I can't wait to own the Blu-ray. I just there was just something I connected with. Um, uh, maybe it's because I have kids or whatever, but you know Jerry doesn't have kids and he nope. connected so. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, Scott, if I were you, I'd give it another watch and, and see. Yeah, if I definitely maybe plan it, on uh, re-watching this one because I know so many people love it. And like I'm just sitting here thinking, I'm like, okay, there's got to be something that I missed. So I definitely plan on giving it another rewatch. And maybe now that I know what what I'm expecting once I go into it, maybe I'll have a different opinion on it. Yeah, but you know, you it's go. okay if you don't. It's okay if you don't. You know what I'm saying? That's the way it is. Right. You know, some some films connect uh, with with people and some some don't you know and you said it's a good movie it's 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 well made it's just for some reason it didn't connect with you mm-hmm. so uh and that's okay but yeah 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 i'm gonna i'm gonna say you know that that for for the purposes of this podcast i think we sh- we say wholeheartedly give it a shot please uh, oh yeah i know a mm-hmm. lot of people will say 
they don't like the subtitles and what you know get over that get over that and immerse yourself in in this thing um yeah, there are way too many good foreign films this year oh my yeah. gosh i can't keep up the last three years up. it's just been a gluttony of great foreign horror i i love it <laughs> yeah. all right well, let's bring in captain creepy what you got what you been watching well, we, I'm, I'm going with the theme of the Haunted Dolls, and we're going uh, the mainstream route here with uh, the 2019's uh, Child's Play, the new version. Nice. And uh, nice. the dri- driving factor on that is uh, Mark Hamill doing the voice. <laughs> yes. Was, uh, Chucky uh, and the Joker. I had actually, the first time I watched it in theaters, I had actually forgotten that Mark Hamill was doing the voice, and I literally watched the entire movie and got to the credits and then realized, oh, crap, that's Mark Hamill. I completely forgot. I knew it going in, but I just had forgotten. He did such a great job. I was so worried that the voice was going to sound too much like a voice he's already done, like Joker or something. It started Um, to a little bit at the end, but not not real bad. Not real bad. But yeah, exactly. it wasn't bad right. at all. Like right. like I said, I, I went through the whole movie and just had completely forgotten about that fact. And I think that's uh that you know that kind of shows what a great job Mark Hamill did, you know, that he was able to give us an original creepy voice that sounded adorable at first and then you know just went evil as the movie went along. Evil might be the wrong word because you know, for those of us who saw the movie, we real you know, we realized the big change that was made to the 2019 version from the original. <laughs> So it kind of takes away emotion and things like that. But uh, I don't want, again, you know, we're spoiler free. So I don't want to get, just in case anybody hasn't seen the trailer, doesn't know the premise, whatever the case may be. But I'm right there with you, Keith. Um, I love this movie. And and Uh, when you were watching it, did you, did you have like, you were like an ET vibe kind of going on about the movie? Well, a general, just like good 80s kids movie vibe more than just ET specifically right. but yeah i did get that absolutely yeah. i was getting elements of the goonies stand by me um you know with with some of the relationships that these kids were having uh monster squad especially uh right. stuff you know uh so yeah I, I i'm right there with you i love this movie and this was one of the biggest surprises of the year for me because i expected this to be garbage and I, I absolutely I loved it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> keith are you a fan of the original yeah, I like the original. Yeah. So I, I like going into it. Like Jerry said, uh, I didn't know what to expect with this, but Mark Hamill definitely was the. I'm a big other than being a Star Wars nut. I, I am a fan of him doing the the voice acting for the Joker. So I was. That's what really made me watch the movie. But yeah. uh, I, I'm gonna say that I enjoyed the movie and I thought it was tremendously well made. Um, but man, the the change they made. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's just keep it vague like that. Um, it didn't feel like a child's play movie to me. No, you're right. It like if they had done, you know, that same movie with another character or something new or fresh, I'd have been like, wow, this is probably top 10 of the year. But for me, like, I, I don't know. I mean, Chucky is always this to me. And um, I, I don't know. Maybe it'll grow on me. It, it it reminded me a lot of uh, well, I saw it first, but um, Banana Splits movie. Sure, yeah, yeah. Reminded me a lot of that, you know. And uh, if you've seen that, you 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 kind of know what I'm talking yeah. about. But yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. All right, uh, Scott. All right, so I guess to keep with like the 2019 theme for right now, um, 
this is the bad one that I was kind of hinting at earlier. Uh, it's Halloween at Aunt Ethel's. <laughs> I feel like you don't need to say anything else. I don't even know what it is, but that sounds bad. I saw that. I was... Was Lucille Ball involved in it at all? <laughs> she might as well have been. But holy crap, this this movie just bad writing, bad acting, and I uh off screen kills for the most part, and it was just really dumb. The killer is just ridiculous from very beginning. Like there is no like is it, no is setup. she really a killer? Hmm? There was like no setup for her insanity. It was it just it, we just had to accept it as the viewers. You know, yeah. there was no backstory, no explanation. It was just well, Anne Ethel's crazy. Here we go. I'm out over to Anne Ethel's. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't know. I can just. Uh, and it's crazy because the poster art's pretty cool. It's not. Yeah, bad. and I looked on IMDb and it has like a six point five out of like almost eight hundred uh, reviews. And I'm going, okay, I'll give this a shot. I didn't watch a trailer or anything, and. Wow. 6.5 out of 800. I think think people are giving it a high score because if you go into a movie called Halloween at Ann Ethel's, you kind of expect crap. And when you get kind of, you know, shiny crap, you're you're pleasantly surprised. So you give it like a a five or a six. (laughs) Yeah, because this one is like, I wouldn't say it's the worst thing I've seen this year, but like, because I I laughed my ass off at a few points, but it was more because of how stupid it was. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking at IMDb, and it, you know how it says at the bottom, uh, "If you like this, more like this, you might also like." And, and you see um, the movie Anne uh, from from a couple of years ago. That was a oh, on, gosh. That was a bad movie. Uh, All light will end, which is a bad movie from this year. So basically, if you like bad movies, you'll like yeah, Anne yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Yeah. yeah, I just did not know what I was getting into when I watched this, and holy crap. <laughs> it was See, I, I didn't know anything about its rating going into it. I just saw the poster on Amazon Prime one day, and I'm like, ah, what the hell, I'm bored, let me try it. But like I said, because the title is so silly, you don't expect much, and I actually had a good time with it. I'm not, I'm not definitely not going to say it's a good movie. It's absolutely no. <laughs> not. But I still... I don't regret the hour and a half I invested. I I, I kind of had a good time laughing at it at the very least. And, you know, I'm kind of there with you. As much as I like saying this is a bad movie, I didn't like feel like I wasted my time. Yeah. Is it, it was is just, it is it uh so bad it's good? Sort of like uh, Dude quite. Bro Party Massacre. <laughs> no, oh, this is more like this is more like <laughs> I'm trying to be so bad it's good. Okay. Yeah. And purpose. you can tell they're trying so hard to be that and. Yeah. They fail on that level, but I think their failure actually makes it somewhat more entertaining. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Halloween at Aunt Ethel's. All <laughs> right. Uh, back up to me. And this is a movie um, just uh, released this year. It stars the uh, the lovely Andy. Is it Matichak? Is that how you say it? From Halloween 2018? Matichak? Right. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I, know I think it's, I think it's Matichak. Is there... Is there um and it's called assimilate okay have you guys heard of this no again why is nobody here but this is a straight up invasion of the body snatchers for this generation that's that's all it is that's what the story is there are um uh these kids are doing like this uh 
um, video uh, web series about their town. Um, they're, they're just in this little sleepy little town. And as they're doing it, they discover that their neighbors are being killed and replaced by creatures who are perfect copies of their victims. Huh. And uh, yeah, it's a straight up invasion of the body snatchers. And I really had a good time with it. There were a lot of creepy parts. It's well made. It's a great film. The the acting is top notch. Uh, Andy Matichik is becoming like to me like a really uh, an actress to watch because mm-hmm. um, uh, you know there there were, are some other things she's um, in that I like too. But man, th- no one. It's not getting any love. And mm. it, it is it something brand new and groundbreaking? No, because I know what people are going to say. All oh, this is just another clone body snatcher movie yeah it is but it's done well uh so i'm all about it mm. so i would say check it out check it out and this is called what again assimilate assimilate it so, seems like next to the universal monsters it seems like the uh, invasion of the body snatchers is the most copied or borrowed oh, yeah. horror concept out there i mean we've Absolutely. had so many of those and i'm not complaining because i'm right there with mark when they're done well they're great the puppet oh, yeah. master the early 90s i thought was awesome um obviously the donald the donald sutherland remake of invasion of the body snatchers from the yeah. early 80s is awesome Heck, I so like yeah. the fantasy. Yeah, and and because this is, um, what'd you say? Uh, the faculty, dude. I was just gonna say that. I said that this is, um, you know, teenagers. This is coming from a teenage perspective. Mm. So you think of something like the faculty. I had uh, the laser and, disc of that, by the way. <laughs> the laser <laughs> disc <laughs> in a landfill somewhere now. Yeah, but, no, uh, so yeah. <laughs> but but you know what I'm saying? It's from oh, yeah. that that kind of perspective like invasion of the body snatchers the remake of course is a little bit more you know adult oriented heavy-handed this is a lot more like you know a, a young person's view of of what's going what would be going on and i dude i really really liked it at, at the end they get to confront like the the creature that is becoming them and, and it, it it's weird it's weird but uh, I'd say give it a shot. Uh, I paid for it on VOD, but it's coming to Netflix sometime in October. So if you can wait, just nice. be on the lookout for it. it it's a uh, it's a neat little a little movie. So it's cool. it's definitely not a you know a ten out of ten. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's definitely worth watching. That's assimilate. All right, Brandon. All right, I'm, I'm stepping it down a few points from my last ten out of ten, uh, and I'm becoming a big champion of this film. And that is 2019's Killer Sofa. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. I've seen this, and I'm like, oh, should I watch this? Uh. And, and I will say, if you're going to watch any killer furniture movie this year, this is the one you want to see. Uh, and, like, forget Deathbed, like Killer Sofa. Uh, killer and, Sofa. Like, look, you know, it's, it's a terrible Australian film about this young woman and a killer sofa. Um, and I 100% recommend this. If you're the type of person that's going to put a critical eye on a movie called Killer Sofa, you need to reexamine your life. Like, what does my future look like? Where do you place your values? Do you have a life? Am I missing something? Uh, You know, it's ridiculous. It's low budget. It's terrible. But like, I legit laughed hard at this movie because that couch cracked me up. Uh, It may have helped the fact that I watched Clown Nato right before this. (laughs) 
Salam NATO is my worst movie of the year. Um, so maybe my expectations were so low going into Killer Sofa, but like, man, it was so fun. It kind of overstays its welcome a bit. Uh, but dude, once you see that sofa like moving around in its little face, it's it's worth it, man. So I recommend does, Killer Sofa. Does the sofa awesome. talk? <laughs> well, uh, man, I don't want to spoil it. I don't okay. want to spoil it. I'm, I'm watching this tomorrow. I'm I watching this tomorrow. Remember, I, I, remember, I'm giving this a recommend, and I'm giving it a five. Oh so. yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely going into it knowing it's called Killer Sofa. <laughs> you know, yeah. the sequel. Killer Love Seat, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a whole franchise. Oh, yeah, I, like can't a, wait till, I can't wait for Killer Sectional. Killer <laughs> Sectional. <laughs> killer Armoire. Anyway. <clears throat> very nice. Very nice. All right, <clears throat> All right back to uh, Mr. Venom. All right. The second of my foreign horror films uh, that I wanted to talk about it today is actually one that we're going to be discussing on the next episode of Fresh Cuts. It sounds like I'm just plugging my other podcast, but I assure you, it's not intentional. Gosh, what a jerk. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, this is another horror film that was released last year that, once again, I saw in a theater out here in Los Angeles last year. Once again, uh, almost the exact same story as Tigers Are Not Afraid. Uh, they released the Blu-ray earlier this year. Um, I went ahead and picked it up, but the th uh, the movie itself was never really made available in America because the Blu-ray that I bought was a UK uh, Region 2 disc. Um, and the movie I'm talking about is One Cut of the Dead, just released on Shudder. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you have Shudder, check it out. I don't know really how much I can even talk about this film because the entire second half of the movie is such a huge reveal about the first half that it's 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 difficult for me to talk about it in a spoiler-free setting. But let's just say it's the story of the making of a horror film, and I'll leave it at that. But it's just the way that they did it, it's so original. Um, I don't want to talk about any aspects of the film itself because I feel that people need to experience this organically with as little foreknowledge as possible. But yeah, if you have Shudder, um, this uh, this film is Japanese, so once again, you are dealing with subtitles. Um, there is no English dub of this one available yet as well. But I strongly, strongly recommend uh, One Cut of the Dead. This is my horror comedy of the year without question. Nothing's even come close. Uh, I'm sure there's a few of us on the show that have seen it, so I mean... Uh, I, I, and obviously, Brandon, you're going to be joining us for the review of this one. So uh, what spoiler free thoughts can you give on one cut of the dead? I just have to say, like, give it a chance. Stick with it, because yes. at the beginning, I was like, all right, like, this is kind of funny. What's going on? And then everything changes and it all comes together. And the hardest moment I've laughed in any movie this year happens. And like after I watched the movie, I got in bed. My wife was already asleep. And I just kept thinking about this one part and I kept laughing. I could not stop laughing in bed. And uh, like the next day I was thinking about it and still laughing. So like, <laughs> but you have to just give it a chance. And that's all I'm going to say for now. Yeah. yeah this is uh, one that's on my list, especially after Duncan McLeish was talking about it highly last year. So I'm yep. really looking forward to checking it out. Yep. Me too. It's right up on my shutter queue. And I just have, yeah. it's one of those things like, you know, it, you can't just go in passing because it's, it's a, uh, it's a subtitle movie. So you got to be committed. Yeah. Like I, could, I, mean, I could watch killer sofa while I'm doing the dishes. 
it's right, not exactly. going to work that way for one cut above the dead or one cut of the dead. So yeah, yeah absolutely going to watch that. Yeah. It's definitely the most original zombie comedy I've ever seen in my life. Uh, by it's been, far, it's been getting a lot, a lot of uh, praise. So. And even the seven point seven that it has on IMDb right now is a travesty because this film is almost a perfect ten to me. It's so entertaining, so original, so fresh. The characters are so likable. Even the jerks, the quote unquote jerks in the movie, are still likable. I mean, I can't say enough good things about this movie. Yeah, it, it definitely. If if I I still haven't decided if I'm going to consider this 2019 yet, but if it is, it is easily in my top five for this year. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, if I were you, I would count it as 2019. This thing was not available wide. Yeah, you're right for yep. for anybody to watch this year in the United yeah, States. So. I agree. Yeah. All right, Captain Creepy, what you got? Turn that mute off. <laughs> Uh-oh. Did he step away? Captain Creepy. Paging Captain Creepy. I'm here. There he is. Oh, there I, had he little, is. I, I had a little gap in the uh, service there, so I'm back. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. movie uh, I, I'm dying to talk about is uh, Killer Dishwasher. Uh, it's a story about a disgruntled repairman that uh, sabotages <laughs> household appliances. Sold. To- you, you got yeah. me. I'm sold. All right. Yeah, all right. And, then, and, and then in 2021, Killer Sofa versus. Hey. Oh, Killer hey, Dishwasher. there you go. The matchup. I like it. There <laughs> you go. Now, uh, th- the next one I have is just because uh, I haven't watched the whole thing. So it's kind of more of an honorable mention, or if you guys want to talk, discuss it or <clears> not, is uh, Annabelle Comes Home. What do you guys think about that one? Mm, I, it's It's good. I like it more than the first Annabelle, but it's. It's miles away from Annabelle creation, in my opinion. In, I agree. Insert wet fart sound here. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, for the movie or my review? <laughs> no, the movie. Okay. Now, don't get me wrong. Annabelle uh, comes home. It, you know, it looks nice. There, there, there are creepy parts. There are, you know, the, the, the actresses are nice to look at. But let me tell you, this just rings of a cash grab to me. Yep. Um, it it, it does nothing does nothing to further the story of Annabelle. It's like, hey, let's just throw a, like a haunted house movie together, and Annabelle can be the the central you know point of it. And I I was remember watching this in the theater, and, and just like checking my phone like every ten <laughs> minutes. Is this over yet? Because it's not like. To me, it just wasn't engaging. It was nothing like, you know, I don't yeah. know. It's not a bad it, movie. It's just dull. Like if, if this was the first Annabelle movie, I maybe would have looked at it with slightly brighter eyes and, you know, thought of a little bit higher of it. But being that this is the third one now, and they gave us an exceptional film in Annabelle creation with the second ver- uh, chapter in this franchise, I feel like they kind of did a, a Rob Zombie's uh, Firefly trilogy where they gave us a great second version of second chapter. And then the third chapter, it's Took okay, step back. but yeah. it's a step back. It's a major step back. Yeah. 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 And I just don't, I don't understand. It cannot be um, explained other than cash grab. Kind of. Yeah. 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 
or they just threw a script together. Like they obviously knew that the, it was going to be a trilogy. They needed a third part. They were coming off of the success of Annabelle Creation because don't forget, Annabelle Creation made over 125 million at the box office, which doesn't sound like a lot when you're talking about Marvel movies or whatever. But I mean, mm-hmm. for a horror, horror that, movie, a hundred million dollar horror movie is huge for us. So yeah, mm-hmm. to come off of Annabelle Creation and then give us. This, which, like, as I've already said, it was it's it's haunted house color by numbers, and it's not even very good. It's just okay. I'm not gonna call it a bad movie. It's yeah. just there. It's like the it's like it's like the most five out of ten I've ever watched. <laughs> yeah, I, and I agree with you. I agree. Yeah. With you. There might be people that you know rated higher, and that's fine. Uh, I, I, but I, I just I just thought there was just nothing really that creative about it, and okay. you know, it is what it is. Yeah, it's a movie. <laughs> That's the best thing you can say about it. You know, it's a movie. Yeah, yep, it's a movie. It's a movie. All right, the Scott. Bears. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys uh, were kind of hinting at it during your Annabelle conversation. Three from Hell. Mm. Uh, yeah, I I knew uh, when I was going uh, when I went to the theater to see this. I pretty much had hopes that it'd be. Somewhere in between House of Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects, because I didn't expect Rob Zombie to hit that level with Devil's Rejects again. Yeah. And I got exactly that. It was uh like probably the second best of the trilogy. Ooh. Like <clears throat> it had some pretty much rehashed moments from both films technically, but uh, I do have to say that Sherry Moon Zombie, I'm not a big fan of her normally in her acting, but wow, she did amazing in this film like it's she it's easily played. her best performance yeah absolutely yeah, that's what i heard, that's what I heard. Yeah. yeah this movie i mean i i look at this movie um i don't know i i can't even put it into words right now i went into this movie hoping that it was going to be something special that they were going to give us a really good story because to, to resurrect to basically resurrect the fireflies after the epic ending that was the devil's rejects there has to be a story that's worth it. And I don't feel like what we got in this chapter was worth resurrecting the fireflies. I mean, nothing from their past was brought up. It was all new characters, the warden, the Mexican gang, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, they gave us all new characters that we weren't invested in. So it's like, I don't know. It's like you resurrected these people literally and figuratively, you know, resurrected the fireflies just for what so that they could escape prison and have a short adventure in mexico it's like eh, that to me that's not worth it it's not a bad movie i enjoyed the movie i enjoyed it from beginning to end it was it was comfort food it was getting yeah it was getting reacquainted with these three people that you know and love from years past and realizing that well it's now 15 years later you know unfortunately we don't get a lot of captain spaulding in it i won't get into that story but um so overall i thought it was a good movie i enjoyed it as a middle chapter but as the end of a trilogy it failed for me right same that's exactly how i feel and when bringing up captain spaulding that that actually like really pissed me off because uh my theater experience was not so hot for the first like 15 minutes of the film because we had some some drunken idiot walk in and try starting a fight with somebody. <clears throat> they he leaves, then comes back and sits directly in front of me, and mm. then 
continuously talks over top of everything that's being said in the film. And they had ushers come in and tell him to shut up and they walk out. So he starts throwing shit at the screen and then gets even more louder and interrupts everything that Sid Hag is doing on screen. So I couldn't even hear what was going on with him. And then so, they ended up. So are you sure that, that it wasn't Rob Zombie himself? <laughs> five cops ended up coming in to haul his ass out of there though so like we all cheered when they finally pulled him out but it grew in the first 15 minutes of the film for me unfortunately yeah. can't do this i'm dragula <laughs> anyway, sorry. sorry i love Rob zombie he's a nice guy oh man i found more human than human uh, right as i'm driving to the theater the last song i listened to in the car is dragula and so, so as I'm going in the theater, the line dig through the ditches and burn through the witches is going through my head. And wouldn't you know it, there's a goddamn uh, uh, ditch digging scene in Three from Hell. I, yes, I couldn't get over yes. it. I was like, wow. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, so, he's so out of ideas, he's going back to his old songs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm kidding, Rob Zombie. I love you. <laughs> Even though I half kid. I kid. <laughs> I, I on the other hand, I I loved Three from Hell. I thought it was completely unnecessary. It should have been a middle chapter. Uh, but it's kind of, it's kind of like the new Rambo movie. Like it didn't need to happen, but that doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy the hell out of it. Uh, okay. Lots of problems with it, uh, but man, I still loved it. And like you said, Jerry, it's kind of like comfort food. Just seeing the Firefly family. The warden, I mean, the scene at the warden's house is classic Firefly, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I just wish they would have kind of bumped up the mean-spiritedness of it. As Jeremy said on our episode of Fresh Cuts, it's like you're you're waiting for that mean-spirited Firefly, you know, mentality to come out, and it never really comes out. We get glimpses of it, but they never really release the beast, as you will. So, eh, yeah, too bad. It, they held back on that, like either because of budget or some other reason. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm sure it was Rob just trying, you know, because he's working with Lionsgate, so it's a big company. He doesn't want to do anything that's too shocking, even though we know he's got it in him. But I don't know. It's too bad because Lionsgate was the one who went to him about this movie. He had no intention of making a third Firefly movie. Uh, Lionsgate right. came to him and I'm sure they probably backed up a truck of money to his house. So why the hell not? But yeah, it, it's still a good movie. If you like the Fireflies, absolutely watch it, buy it. It's an absolute, I will absolutely be buying it. But it's, it's like I said, it, the prevailing thought for me is that it's not a good third, uh, third chapter. That's yeah, and at the moment where it stands, I haven't watched nearly as many 2019 films as you guys have. I think I'm at 31 at the moment and this is like at the border of my top 10. So I see it getting pushed out very soon. Yeah. Right. Too bad too. I really, I really wanted something special out of this movie and eh, well, what are you going to do? Right. <laughs> All right. Um, back up to me. What we're going to do now, um, kind of speed things up a little bit. Cause you know, we might be here for three hours if we, you know. <laughs> I'm serious between me and Jerry with, with the, uh, the issues we have with movie watching, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so let's do, uh, starting with me, let's do two, you know, I'll do two. Then Brandon will do two. If you have to, yeah. if you don't, that's fine. But, um, I'm going to go with a, uh, another foreign horror. Uh, this, this is a horror movie that was, um, 
I was found, I found out about this movie from Tim Walker, who I mentioned before. He's a guy on Facebook. Um, guy watches so many movies. It's like yeah. the last two years, I watched over 300 new movies. So mm-hmm. in 2017, 2018, uh, he, he was like over 400. It was, yep. it was like incredible. So a lot of times I'll go to his letterbox and be like, man, what, what's new out? <laughs> because it's one of the better sources. I'm telling exactly. you. Exactly. That's um, true. And he had this uh, recommendation of a movie called the black forest. Has anybody ever heard of it? I've no. heard it. I've seen the, uh, I've seen the title card, but I have not seen the movie. Okay. Uh, I'm, I think it's Mexican, but I'm not positive. Uh, hmm. But uh, it's basically this. No, it's Brazilian. Brazilian, I think. Um, In a forest based in the heart of Brazil, a girl sees her life and everyone's around her change terribly when she finds the lost book of Cipriano, whose dark magic, besides bestowing power and wealth on its possessor, is also able to deliver a terrible evil upon the earth. Um, You know, besides for the fact that there's a a little bit of... um, you know, when you watch uh, foreign horror films, sometimes you get like the exact meaning lost in translation. You know, sometimes like, you know, I'm not I'm mm-hmm. not Brazilian. So some of their sayings or the way that they say things might not click for me. So I, I had some of that in here. But I mean, as far as like a straight up horror movie goes, man, a lot of really, you know, back crap crazy stuff happening <laughs> in this movie um you know possessions and zombies and all kinds of stuff really good um uh, gore uh, I, I was i was like man this movie is not getting any love it's uh it is it was made in 2018 directed by rodrigo orazio but i hadn't heard anybody else except tim walker say anything about the black forest uh, and, and it can be watched on Amazon Prime. Um, I don't remember if it's free on Amazon Prime or if it's, uh, you know, a few bucks. <laughs> but even if it is like $3.99, it's worth $3.99. So uh, that's my first recommend is The Black Forest. Uh, it's, it's also known as A Mata Negra. Okay. Uh, and then the second one that I'm going to talk about is, uh, one that I just watched yesterday and it's getting a a little bit of, uh, uh, love right now. It's called bliss. Have you guys heard about this? Heard of it. Haven't seen it. This movie is nuts. (laughs) I mean, in a, in a good way, in a good way. It's, it's basically like a vampire film. Um, this this painter lives in LA and she kind of needs inspiration she's got like not writer's block but artist block so she kind of takes this drug called bliss so what you got in this movie is a lot of like weird scenes where you know there's sexual stuff going on and she's like tripping out and there's all kinds of crazy like suspiria like colors and then like there's also some serious like vampire stuff going on and she's like she wakes up like with blood all over like naked on the floor she doesn't remember what happened you know and basically she's becoming a vampire and um that's not really 
a spoiler. You're gonna you're gonna figure that out within you know fifteen twenty minutes. But man, the 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 score, the colors, the cinematography, the acting is all top notch in this movie. Um, right now, I'm I'm not on uh, Letterbox. It's three point four out of um, you know uh, five, which is a pretty good rating in, on Letterbox. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I would I would recommend checking this out. I think it did have like a little a little limited theater run. Um, but, uh, it's available on iTunes, but if, if you, if you do it on iTunes or one of those, you know, make sure that you project it on the screen, on the big screen. Don't watch it on your phone or something. That'll, that'll ruin it. So, all right. This is another one on my list. Thanks to you, Mark Nato. I seen your post about it and I added it to my list. Yeah. Like I said, the beginning part of this year, I was like, kind of like on a horror respite. What's it called? Respite. 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 And and, and I hadn't really watched a whole lot. You know, I I just think I kind of needed a break. And uh, once I got back in, man, (laughs) I'm like diving in. I'm like, I think I watched uh, four movies today. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Bliss. Bliss. Check it out. Brandon. All right. So first one, I think I'll go with, uh, Okay, so this is a Shutter original called The Wrath. Did any yes. of you guys see this? Yes, I saw it. So Korean, uh, Korean film. Uh, first of all, I have to say, like, I love. I mean, basically anything in the last fifteen years that's come out of Korea has been really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just have like, mm-hmm. yeah, gr- spe- especially North Korea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> really kidding. uplifting. I'm you know, happy just films. Kidding. Uh, propaganda films yeah, yeah. right about how about how we found unicorns and stuff like that uh yes but i but, i in in all seriousness i do agree with you yeah i mean and i thought this was a really fun film uh plenty of problems with it but just it it had this way of going from being a really beautifully shot korean film to then going kind of like evil dead 2 in some of the weird way that they filmed and the camera angles and the way it moved and uh but i I thought overall, I thought it was really beautiful. I thought it was pretty well done. Um, anyone have anything on that one, or I don't? I don't have much more to say on that one. Yeah, I would agree with you. It's definitely worth a watch, especially if you're a fan of, uh, you know, those uh, South Korean horror movies and 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 period pieces. You know, it's it's not uh, a modern day. It's it's a period piece. Uh, what I forget what century it is. 14th century, maybe. I don't. I don't remember. Like oh, that. Nice. Yeah. 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 And then uh, this one is. <laughs> Kind of fringy, and I kind of mentioned it already, but dude, I had so much fun seeing Rambo: Last Blood. Uh, <laughs> nice. and, and here's the reason why I'm mentioning that this right now. It's a completely unnecessary film. Probably shouldn't happen under the Rambo name because it's so out of character, kind of for. But I don't know. But it is so mean spirited. It is so gritty. It feels very <laughs> grindhousey. But it's like. It's like well-deserved mean-spiritedness, but the gore and the kills in this are amazing. And, you know, we, we, we just talked about the, you know, how we kind of missed out on some of that in Three from Hell. Like, they yeah. went off camera for a lot of kills, and they, it just, they missed the opportunity to be mean-spirited. Rambo does not. <laughs> and I, people, I mean, people are not being kind to this film. And again, it probably shouldn't have happened. But the kills in this are so good and so brutal. I was laughing out loud when I was watching it. And everyone around me was looking at me like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? Uh, oh, but, that's uh, that's when you know the, the violence and the gore is good. When it makes you laugh. 
you know, out loud, like, yep. dang, that was good. You know, ah, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah. I would, I would love to see, uh, maybe some people that, you know, don't normally venture outside the horror genre, at least just check this out for like, cause the, the story's not great either. It just goes from like a little bit of story to then a lot of people getting murdered. Uh, so it was, <laughs> it, it was fun. Yeah, I love I love Sylvester Stallone, man. We we had the the new Rocky movies. We got the Rambo. I heard he's uh developing Cobra. Oh yeah, I've heard Cobra. You know, you you're the disease. I'm the cure. Remember that? Oh man, that was a little bit of a horror movie. If you remember, there was like a satanic cult in that. You know. Oh yeah, it's the way of the new world, man. But um. And then yeah. I, I'm looking forward to his next one, uh, still over the top. But it's not really coming. I'd be down for that, too. I, I love Sylvester Stallone. Like, I think the Rocky movie is probably one of the greatest films ever made. And I think franchise-wise, I'll, I'll watch anything he does, even over the top. And over yep. the top part two, Electric Boogaloo. I'm down. <laughs> even stop or my mom will shoot. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, yep. Tango what? and cash, whatever. It doesn't oh, matter. Oh, is still cash. Getty. Anyway. All <laughs> <Rhinestone>. right. <laughs> Mr. Venom. <laughs> All right. The last couple for me are just a couple of fun ones that I wanted to go over. Um, we actually brought it up briefly. Uh, Mark brought it up briefly. That's the Banana Splits movie. Uh, this was a uh, another surprise for me. I mean, I uh, for, for anybody who listens to any of my shows, you know, I don't watch trailers, but as soon as I just heard the title, the Banana Splits movie, I was on board. Uh, I am old enough to remember the Banana Splits actually on television. I used to love all the Sid and Marty Croft stuff, Sigmund and the Sea Monster, Banana Splits. Um, H&R Puff so I was actually very, what's that? Was an H and R Puff and stuff? Is that yes, one? sir. H R H R Puff and stuff. Yep, another great one. Um, but yeah, I was actually really looking forward to this one because I thought it was just going to be like really campy, silly, like so bad it's good. But they actually surprised me with a legitimately decently made film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the kills, some of the kills were exceptional. Actually, one bisection specifically i thought looked great i i honestly didn't think that they were going to give us as much gore as they gave us but yeah they really went crazy with the blood and gore uh i thought that the story was pretty uh well put together just like the child's play uh remake from earlier this year kind of you know mark mark nato mentioned that it's got kind of the same uh kind of basic plot points going going with both films so uh, yeah, I thought the performances were fine. I mean, it, the acting isn't good. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that these are great actors. They're not. But they're just good enough to make the movie fun and to make, you know, the kills exciting. And, you know, e- even the climax of the film, I really, really enjoyed. So, yeah, this is uh, another one of my surprises of the year. But, yeah, that's the Banana Splits movie. I'm sure at least one or two of you have seen that, right? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And I, it's I, I, I went list. in with no expectations of that movie. <laughs> I, I went exceedingly low expectations. So that's probably why I walked away really, really enjoying it. Because I, I just thought it was just going to be a schlock fest. Mm-hmm. And it kind of is to an extent, but it's a really well-made, polished schlock fest. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Scott, did you say you saw it? Uh, no, this one is uh, another one that's on my list just because I grew up with uh, Banana Splits as well. Mm-hmm. Did you see and, 
I don't I don't remember the banana splits. It was a little bit before my time, but yeah, if they if they had come out with like a new zoo review movie, <laughs> then, you know, then that would have been my, my alley. But yeah, I, I still thought like it worked. You know, the the characters were were kind of, uh, you know, just like every big stuffed character that you ever see on TV, and they were goofy and silly. And then the way that they they uh, you know, killed people was pretty brutal. So they didn't, yeah. they didn't hold back and yeah. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, it was it. very, it was very Terminator in that. Yes. Sense. Yes. <laughs> yes. Nice. Uh, uh, so yeah. And, and then a movie that I recently saw in the theater that is now available on VOD is uh, itsy bitsy. Um, this is another one I want to see. Yeah. This was one yeah. that I went into it again with very low expectations. I thought the title was kind of stupid. I knew it was going to be some kind of either spider invasion or giant spider type film. And it's exactly what it was. You know, you, there's a giant spider in the movie. There's a really cool backstory. Um, if not a little bit convoluted, but still a pretty fun and well thought out backstory for the spider. She actually represents something from the past. Blah, blah, blah. I won't get into it. But, I mean, the design was great. I thought, that, yeah, the creature design was awesome. Obviously, CG spider throughout, but it really worked. I thought I thought it looked really good. Obviously, the movie is mostly at night, so you're able to hide CG imperfections with darkness. Um, but, yeah, this was one that, like I said, I went in expecting nothing and walked out thinking this was a halfway decent movie. And uh, even the ending, because I'm, I'm, I'm a big, big supporter of good endings. And I, I'm also in the, in the belief that a movie is made or broken by its ending. Uh, there have been plenty of movies that I've seen where I love the first hour and a half. And then the last 10 minutes just completely throws me and I can never watch the movie again. So it, it was uh, a pleasant surprise to see an actual satisfying ending. Um, good characters, uh, you know, that you can support. Uh, likable characters you know it's just it's one of those under the radar movies that a lot of people probably won't watch because it looks like a bad creature feature but this was surprisingly good so yeah itsy bitsy yeah. i really loved it um you I saw agree it, with you. yeah i agree with you yeah. I, I wish i would i wish i could have seen it on the big screen i thought that the uh the effects were were pretty good for a yes. for a big spot and these are by the way, these aren't like ginormous spiders. Yeah, they're like, not like, like house size. No. Yeah, not like not like eight legged freaks, you know, yeah. kind of. But they're they're like really, you know, if Dog you, if you saw like maybe maybe um, double the size of a tarantula or some of them. I don't know, but they're no, bigger than that. It was it was like the size of a puppy. It was it was. Yeah, it was like the size of a big puppy, like a Saint Bernard yeah, puppy. Yeah, they're, they're yeah, it's creepy. It's yeah. creepy and it's creepy because they're just big enough. You know, or just small enough to think that, you know, there could be a spider that big, you know. Yeah, but, exactly. It's small but, enough that it can hide in crevices and under beds and things like that, but big yeah. enough to be absolutely terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> the scene where they were up in the attic. Yes. That was really, it, that, that was, was tense. Great. Yeah, it was, it was a good scene. But, uh, yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. Micah Gallo is the director. He's a first time director. Nice. So, wow. Very yeah. good job then. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, and I then must... the last one, uh, the, the last movie. Oh, what was that? I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I must owe this one a rewatch because I hated it. I thought it was terrible. Like I, I rated, I rated it a four out of 10. Like, oh, and I, really? and I, I was just looking over my review and it, what I wrote is like, uh, it's a bitsy stars, a bunch of people, a few who are mildly recognizable. And I've already forgotten their names within five minutes of the movie. Like I, <laughs> this movie. 
So I guess I'll give this one another chance because I was like, man, I'm not, I'm not feeling this. Yeah. And it took me like three watches to get through it. Yeah, I'm oh, I, man, I, Bruce I, Davidson. No oh, Bruce Davidson. That's right. That, yeah, yeah, that I, was the I, only good no part means, of it for me. Yeah, by no means am I saying that this is a great film or even a, you know, it, it's a good film that I was, like I said, when I go into these movies expecting crap and I get something a little bit better than crap, I walk away with a smile on my face and, you know, I, I couldn't even give this movie like a seven out of 10 if I was going to honestly rate it, but it's still, I, I just still had a surprisingly good time with it. Yeah. yeah. I kind of, I kind of look at it like, I don't even rank this with other like horror movies. I rank it like other bug movies, you know, like what, what, oh, what other yeah. bug movies do have we seen, you know, and, and how does it rank? And for a big bug movie, I thought it was pretty daggone good. Exactly. I, I would give it a rewatch for sure. And I, I could even get my toddler to watch it because he loves spiders. Arachnophobia is like his favorite movie. And he's like, nice. So. Oh, well, it definitely ain't no arachnophobia. But, no, not uh, by you know, But big spiders. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's down. Yeah. And then um, the last movie that I wanted to touch upon is just the third part of the Hell House trilogy. Um, Hell House LLC 3, Lake of Fire, was released just a few weeks ago on Shudder. Um, uh, Hell House is obviously, it's a found footage, um, horror film about a group of people opening a Halloween haunt at an abandoned hotel in Abaddon, New York. Um, so I won't get too much into it. If you've seen the, any of the Hell House movies, you know what you're in for. It's very Grave Encounters type found footage documentary style, um, if you will. Um, personally, I I'm not as big a fan of the third one. Um, I kind of have the same feeling that I do with Three from Hell, that it was kind of a poor way to end the trilogy, but it's still a really good movie. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who are found footage apologists the way like I am, I love, absolutely love um, found footage horror films. I think the Hell House trilogy is an exceptional one. Uh, the first two parts are great. The third one is still really good, like I said, but it's going to have a very divisive ending. The ending is going to leave a lot of people either satisfied or just soured in general. I, unfortunately, am in the latter group. I wasn't a big fan of the ending, how they kind of culminated the story. But I still really enjoyed the movie. I still love the way that they do their, as I call them, silent jump scares, where uh, it's more scares for the audience rather than characters in the on the screen. So, like, you see stuff happening in the background behind them that's absolutely terrifying, but they don't see it. I, I've always been a big fan of that style of found footage, um, you know, filmmaking. So, yeah, Hell House 3, Lake of Fire, available on Shutter now. If you're a fan of either of the first two, absolutely check it out. If you're not that big a fan of found footage, then, yeah, I'd probably just stay away. <laughs> Very nice. All right, Captain Creepy, you got any more? I just got one more. I'm just going to throw out there and I've only, I'm only on the first hour of it. So I, I don't think I've gotten into the good stuff of the movie and I haven't heard nobody mention the movie yet. Uh, it's midsummer. What do you guys think of that one? Oh, uh, it's my number one. I saw midsummer four times when it came out. I wow. talked about, yeah, don't, about yeah. as much as I possibly could. Don't, don't yeah. even get these boys part. started about midsummer. <laughs> I, I will say, I will say this. I, I did see the director's cut. Uh, did you see that, Jerry? I have not had a chance to yet, no. It's Dude, getting re-released this month, though, in theaters, I, so I'm going to check it out again. I liked it so much better. Really? Uh, awesome. I, mean, I, I liked it the first time. Sure. But, like, 
man, there was just like scenes that were added that like explained certain things to me or gave characters more depth. And and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm getting, you know, so yeah, definitely. It's, it's definitely not for everybody. Oh no, uh, no. But yeah, I, it's definitely up in the top five for me for the year. You said, Brandon, is that yeah, it's number a, one? Yeah. It's my number one. In, yeah, incredible. It's my number one. Just incredible. Yeah. My number one as well. yeah. yeah. We're all in agreement. It's number one. Cause they, that movie is just incredible. Yeah. Yep. I like it a lot. <laughs> All right, Scott. All right. So I am got a TV show I'm gonna mention and then I got like a I'll go through like some of my first time watches of older films. Um but the TV show, I'm sure most of us have seen it, and that's the creep show TV series. Oh yeah. I have not watched it yet. Yep, me either. Oh, oh my gosh. I they can't it uh it is creep show. It I it's just incredible the two stories they give you. Okay, I love both okay. stories. Uh, I'm going to be spoiler free, 100% spoiler free. I like both stories. I genuinely do. To me, this doesn't feel like creep show. Now, there I understand that the 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 comic book panel stuff is still there. The transitions from animated to live action is still there. It, you know, but the stories themselves had very little whimsy to them. Both stories are very, very dark. And when you think about the first two Creepshow movies, every story has a little bit of a whimsical element to it. Um, you know, I mean, name any story. They're not 100% dark, scary. You know what I mean? Whereas with this one, yeah. I, I still enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. And I'm going to continue to watch the show. But the story, the wraparound felt like creep show. It's the two individual stories to me that didn't feel like they belong in a creep show anthology. They felt more like they belonged in like a Tales of Halloween or something. Something that takes itself more seriously, you know, than something based on a comic book. That, that I think that's the main key that I, the main point I wanted to make is that this didn't feel like it came from a comic book. I guess that's the main thing. Yeah, I was like, I, 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 enjoy I agree with the second story. The first story, I... It felt to me like it could have been part of the creep show, like movie series. Something about it to me, but yeah, the the second story. It wow. worked. I mean, it worked as a great little creature feature. Um, without any spoilers, again, it's very. It has elements of the Jody Verrill story from the original Creep Show, yes. but it didn't have you know because Stephen King brought whimsy to that role. Um, oh, for sure. You know. You know, whereas with this one, like there was nothing that I even smiled at. I mean, it was great to see Tobin Bell. It was great to see Adrian Barbeau. I absolutely love both of them. But there was no levity to the story. It was so dark and brooding, at, you know, that that I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. As a horror fan, I absolutely enjoyed it. It just didn't feel like a creep show story. That's all. Minor complaint. But uh, I've, I've I've already read some of the synopsis for some of the stories that are coming up, and they do bring the whimsy in some of them. So I'm looking forward okay. to those, especially. Yeah. Yeah, because I'll be definitely watching episode two as soon as it hits on Thursday for sure. But yeah, I, I, it is a, it does get a strong recommend from me. I think the way that they put it together, I absolutely love the intro with the camera spinning around the creep. I think that looks cool. I might get sick of it halfway through the season, but as of right now, I think it looks awesome. And and like I said, the wraparound stuff with the comic panels and the creep, uh, I, I love them all. They all look great. It, it looks like an updated creep show, exactly what you would expect it to look like. 
Um, I'm just looking forward to stories that have a little bit more of a horror comedy uh, tinge to them. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm hoping there'll be some of those. And like, yeah, because it kind of reminds me of Creepshow meets Tales from the Crypt in a way. Yes, yes, exactly. And I'm, and I'm all about that because there needs to be more like horror anthologies that are just like balls to the wall and like kind of <laughs> like those two were. Because uh, we have, you know, obviously like the uh, American Horror Story and stuff like that that are anthology seasons, but, you know, they can't go full out like uh, Shudder can. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to the rest of the season. I'm excited with what they gave us in episode one. So, yeah, yes, let's leave it at that. <laughs> then this one may come as a shock to a lot of you. Uh, this is my first time watch Rosemary's Baby. Wow. Oh, wow. I, I've known about like I've known so much about this film, like throughout just, you know, listening to podcasts and just being around the community that like I pretty much knew what was going to happen, but I never actually sat down to watch it. And yeah, I picked up the Criterion, and uh, I am absolutely in love with it, and I can see why this film is gets the praise that it does, because holy shit, yeah. that was yeah. so incredible. Rosemary's Baby is an absolutely stellar film. It's a horror masterpiece, yet it's not my favorite of Polanski's apartment trilogy. Go figure. <laughs> you, like, you like the tenant better? No, I hate the tenant. No, repulsion. it's all about repulsion. Repulsion is uh, repulsion. it is such an underrated masterpiece. Everybody always talks about Rosemary's Baby, and I understand why. Rosemary's Baby is a spectacular film, Oscar worthy even. But the, the the themes that he visits in Repulsion are so much more grounded in horror than you know what we get in Rosemary's Baby. I and I understand it's you know the devil you know have you know. Being with a human woman to make, you know, the Antichrist, blah, blah, blah. I understand the, that that's also grounded in horror. But something about repulsion and just everything that that poor woman goes through. I, I, I mean, it's literally a 10 out of 10 to me. And it's easily my favorite of the Apartment trilogy. But they're all great. I, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I didn't mean to say I hate the tenant. I don't hate the tenant. It's a great film. But it's the least, my least favorite of the three. Well, Scott, welcome to the club. <laughs> and i'll throw in uh one more real quick that i won't say much about because i was not a fan but uh witchboard by kevin s tenney oh, God, it's been how so dare long. you say anything negative about tawny katane oh, <laughs> she was awesome in that movie no it, it's it's a it's definitely an 80s cheese flick yeah, yeah i was expecting more sweet frying like, pan like no one else. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. expecting more with the kills and everything, and the kills were just lame, and the story just like it, it felt like it drug on for way too long. So I, I think I actually liked Witchboard. I remember watching Witchboard two when I was younger because my stepdad worked as a video distributor, so we got all sorts of random horror films on VHS, and I remember liking Witchboard two, and then I just realized I'd never seen the first one, so I threw it on, and yeah, just was not impressed by that one whatsoever. I'd have to revisit it. I've only seen it the one time when it was new, and I, I think I remember liking it, but I was a completely different person back then, too. So I might have to revisit that one. All right. Well, I've got a couple more I want to mention, uh, and this is going to be real quick before we uh, get out of here. Um, I did say we were going to mention it. Haunt. Uh, mm -hmm. Eli Roth produced, not directed, but Haunt is basically uh, just what it sounds like. There's a haunt. Uh, a bunch of young adults go into the haunt and they are haunted 
Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say haunted, they're hunted. There you go. A bunch of, uh, you know, you got killer clowns, and I'm echoing, uh, killer clowns and all kinds of, you know, there's a lot of creepy masks and good kills and stuff in this mm-hmm. movie. The, it, if you liked Hellfest and uh, last year's Extremities, um, this is this is really good. It's meaner than Hellfest. Uh, oh, much, nice! Much, I liked Hellfest, and I've been wa- and this one has been like I've been wanting to really see this one. Yeah, it's it's definitely meaner uh, than Hellfest. Uh, so um, look at that. Uh, Bloodline is a movie starring Sean William Scott. Some people can't get the. Uh, past the fact that he's Stifler from American <laughs> Pie, but this is more of a, a a thriller, like a drama thriller with you know horror elements. Uh, think Dexter. Okay, oh, uh, he is basically a guidance counselor for a high school, and um, parents who mistreat their kids, he takes care of them. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And you get some uh, pretty decent kill scenes uh, and some blood, but um, I think he does a great job in the movie. Um, And then Satanic Panic. Anybody else seen this yet? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, Yeah, it was was a fun movie. Yeah, it was a fun movie. A lot of a lot of cheesy gore. There was a there was a beheading in it. I was just laughing. I was like, that is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, I watched a movie today um, on VOD. It's uh, on VOD as Between the Darkness. Have you heard mm-hmm. of that? Nope. Uh, the original title is Come Said the Night. Uh, it's, it's very misleading. The, the, uh, the poster is featuring Danielle Harris. Oh, geez. She has a, well, first of all, let me say this. This is the best movie she's been in since like Halloween 4. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no, I'm serious. She did a good job picking this movie. This is like a serious, this is more of like a drama uh, horror type thing. It's a, it's a, a coming of age horror tale uh, about a, a young girl who's lost her mother and she lives with her father and her younger brother out in the wilderness. And he, He's like one of those Hellenistic um, uh, guy. He, he, like they still worship the um, the Greek gods. It's really weird, but uh, the dad is very threatened with her becoming a woman. Uh, it, it's just you know, and Daniel Harris basically comes in uh, as a love interest. She's got a couple scenes. She's not really that important in the movie. Mm-hmm. But um, if you like uh, thinking person's horror. Like sit down and like think about the subtext and what what is actually being said in this movie. Um, that this this movie is is for you. Um, and then uh, the last thing I will say is I watched Corporate Animals, which got Demi Moore in it, and it's like a horror comedy. Oh, I've seen it's, the poster to this. It, it's very very light on the horror. There is some gore. And some goofiness or whatever, but it's about a, a group of people that work together and they get trapped in a cave in. Um, and it's, you know, there's, there's some goofiness, you know, around cannibalism and <laughs> stuff like that. But it, it was, it was funny. It was a decent movie. It's if you're looking for horror, that's not it. <laughs> so, yep. So those are the ones, uh, any, anybody else have anything else they want to add? Like a quick, 
plug for anything. I'll I would just, say I would say a- AHS nineteen. Yes, that's I been good so far. That. Yes, dude, get on it. It's good. It's great. It's really good. Uh, it's a little heavy-handed with the '80s references, yeah. but if you're nostalgic, then you should be fine. Yeah. Who, yeah, like, who, who, who did I interrupt? Who did I interrupt? I'm sorry. I interrupted somebody. Oh, you're fine. I was just going to toss. I guess the last thing I'll mention. Uh, so my challenge for October this year is watching a movie from every year that I've been alive that I haven't seen before. And just, I won't talk anything about the movies, but a lot of my movies I think will blow people's mind that I've never seen them. So my first movie was the brood 1979. Uh, the the next city of the living dead by Fulci. And then last night I, and then uh, finished with the beyond from Fulci. So these are all, that's that's a nice trilogy there. You had those three. Yeah, all first time watches for me. And so uh, tonight when we're done with this, I'll hop onto the third part of Fulci's trilogy. But uh, it's super fun. And uh, to get get to fill in those gaps of movies that I've never seen before, because especially Italian horror has always been a blind spot for me. So this is uh, it's fun. Yeah, thematically, I love the beyond. It's my favorite of that trilogy as far as the themes that they're talking about. But the third part is my favorite as far as just because it's the most. Uh, like a haunted house story, so um, that's yeah. where we got the pod- our podcast name from. Exactly. Yes. So yeah, check that out. Uh, yeah, cool. you, uh, hit me up after you watch that. Let me know what you think of it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, sit. I I preferred City of the Living Dead to the Beyond, but I'm I'm looking forward to the third one tonight. Nice. Awesome. That, yes, that, that, that's awesome. That's my favorite. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna be looking at uh, on Netflix. Uh, on the fourth in the tall grass yes comes out so be be aware of that that is uh a stephen king is it a novella it's stephen uh, king and joe hill they both uh yeah had their hands in it yep yeah and that's supposed to be good and then there's a uh, a horror tv show on netflix that's been getting some some buzz and i have Uh-oh. not yet what it's called marianne oh yes you're gonna love it it's is awesome it- is it good? Uh, okay. Ah, uh, it's great. It's not quite Legend of Hell House or or, or yeah. whatever that was. Haunting of Hill House. Thank you. Um, but goddamn, it's really, really good. Is yeah, it check good? it out. Yeah, I, I liked it. Have any of you guys seen that? There's another one from Jim Mickle that just hit Netflix too, called In the Shadow of the Moon. Uh, I just, I just, it's in the queue, and I don't, you know, it's like a serial killer type movie, isn't it? I think well, we are what we are from 2013 is one of my favorite movies in mm-hmm. the last decade. So I'm I'm looking forward to this because I think Jim Mickle's really good. And I mean, Stakeland, like he's done some good stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Man, again, it, man, isn't it a good time to be a horror fan? Good <laughs> lord, really is. It's That's like a few of us so are really excited about, but uh, the lighthouse. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's Eggers. Oh, yeah. I'm right there. The Witch yeah. is my favorite movie of the last ten years. So I'm same. I'm got, right there. You got the Lighthouse. You got. Uh, I, I hope that that movie, uh, Trick, gets a wide release. Have yeah. You, have you seen that? Uh, uh, the, oh yes. Yeah. yeah I'll be going I mean, to see that in two weeks out here in LA. Yeah. Of course. Well. You stink. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, guys, we've been on here for almost two and a half hours. I want to say we appreciate you guys coming out as guests, Brandon and Scott. Guys, uh, please check out their podcast. you got the Anatomy of Fear, and you've got the podcast by the Cemetery. And uh, definitely check us out. Check Jerry's uh, uh, stuff out, Fresh Cuts, um, uh, 
underwater kaiju from outer space. What else you got? Slice and Dice Dreadcast, No More Room in Hell, and my latest show is Cult Unknown. There you go. So no shortage of Mr. Venom out on the the World Wide Web. (laughs) Very good, very good. So if you're listening, uh, please do us a favor, subscribe. Give us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you have uh, podcasts. We're, we're, I'm very excited. I could not get the horror cast over the past four years. I could not get it on Spotify uh, for some reason. It was just, I don't know what was going on. We're now on Spotify. Uh, nice. So all, all 55 episodes will be on Spotify. So it, it's, it's, uh, it's good to be on there finally. So, uh, yeah, subscribe, tell somebody else, uh, Hope you like these uh, round table, these rotten round table episodes. It's my kind of episode. I, I, I love to hear lists. I love to hear so many different titles that I can go check out. So, but it's rotten round tables, but it's still the horror cast where it's all killer, no filler. Stay scared.